are listening to the Flood Podcast. Music and more with Bushy and Metal Mike. Sit back, crack open a cold breeze, break out your step, light it all in. While we do our retrospective views and discussions of all things music, food, and entertainment. Give your Metal Mike Metal Towns. So without further ado, here's Bushy and Metal Mike. Well, all right, welcome to another edition of the Plug Podcast. I am Bushy, and with me as always, Metal Mike. How you doing, brother? I'm doing all right, man. I've just been busy being Mike, you know, helping Duckets run the station, um, setting a new DJ. We got two new djs joining the station and we just had of course you know dj samuel join us yes. so i'm pretty excited about that and we got and also a bit of youth movement like this other dj's 25 samuel's 21 and then there's another dj that i'm helping him out and grooming him so now that i think about it that, that's four well if you count samuel plus uh, we got a guy from nuclear rock radio they're closing down uh um Cryptos, I think is his name. He's starting a show. Texas Toast or something. It's going to be like a lot of bands from the Texas area mainly and some international. But uh, um, he's an experienced DJ, knows what he's doing. So, yeah, man, I'm pretty fucking excited about, you know, where the direction of the station's going. Well, that's awesome. I'll tell you what. uh, Every time I go into that uh, staff chat, because we have that staff chat where we all get in there and intermingle as much as possible. Right, right. And I'm like, like, who the fuck is this? Who the fuck is that? Wait, who the fuck is that? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, yeah, you know. So, yeah, we're getting some new blood in here, but we still retaining a lot of the old blood, too. So that's a good thing, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, it is great that these new people come in and they feel welcome and at home enough to get right into that staff chat and start busting balls with the rest of us. Well, you got to, man. I mean, because one of the things that, you know... I, I just can't stand people who are sensitive pussies, and um, I I even have a thing like a form that I found on the internet. Have you ever seen the butt hurt report, dude? It's oh beautiful. yeah, that's a great one. And and I've actually made copies of that and passed it out to work at my job as a nurse because I'm just I just can't stand fucking wine bags. <laughs> I I couldn't do that at my job. I'm I'm in the Bible Belt, and they could probably check off all of them. You know, and, it, and I, I got to say this. I know we don't do politics, but why is it that the motherfuckers that throw around the world, uh, the word snowflake are the snowflakiest bunch of them all? Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, I think you got it on both sides. There's just some p- people who are just total pussies that can't handle what's happening, I think, because of the polarization, because you got so many people who are far left or far right, and all they want is a fucking echo chamber. Yeah, they don't they don't if you dissent at all or go, man, I don't see it that way. They fucking freak out on you, insult you, threaten to beat you up and all kinds of other fucking psychotic shit, which part of me is like, hey, bitch, if you want to fucking take a shot at the title, I'm right here. I live at 453 Buena Vista Street, Edwardsville, Illinois, 62025. Come on by. (laughs) I'll give you a fucking Spartan chest kick so fucking fast your fucking neck will break, bitch. I don't give a fuck. Right off my fucking front porch. Don't care. 
you know, like, you know, you if you want to take it to that level. I'd rather not. I don't really like beating people up. I don't like getting heat, hit, beat up either, because let's be honest, it's kind of like what Patrick Swayze said when the female doctor asked him, have you ever lost a fight? And he or and he goes, nobody ever wins yeah. a fight. And that's true. I have never been in a fight where I came out completely unscathed. Doesn't happen most of the time. No, no, so, no. I, I have know, a win some, lose some kind of thing. But I have your attitude. I have a, hey, if you want to go one-on-one with a great one, step to the fucking line. Yeah, yeah. you, you want a shot at the title? You want to take on Big Daddy? Let's fucking do it. Let's do it, man. I don't give a fuck. For real. You know? Uh, I mean, I'd rather not take it to that level, but if you're going to be fucking retarded, if you can't handle somebody else having a different opinion than yours and automatically want to not just insult them, but label them with names and project your weird bullshit onto them, because that's how I feel is what they do. Right. And get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Like I said, go fucking go fill out a butthurt report. Yeah, because we're not a. We're not a my way or the highway kind of nation. We're we're supposed to be a melting pot, and everybody meets in the middle. I thought. <laughs> I thought, yeah. I don't know. I don't think there is middle anymore. I, I don't know. I, I drive people insane because I always thought I was, you know, while we're on the subject, I always thought I was a conservative. You know, I am a registered Republican. If people want to know, I guess if you hate me for that, fuck you. Yeah, but but I come down here and I'm like, fuck, maybe I'm more liberal than I thought. <laughs> well, but I think it is, you know, some things I look at the left on and some things I kind of lean on the right on. Exactly. It just depends upon the goddamn issue, man. Exactly. You know, it's like and I think for my fucking self, I don't follow party lines. either. Exactly. I can't stand people like that. Like if the Republican Party decided to wear Nazi fucking armbands and do the goose step, there would be motherfuckers that are so blindly loyal to the right, they would think that's a good idea. And on the flip side, if fucking a bunch of Democrats say, hey, you know what, we're going to bring back the, uh, the the hammer and the sickle and, and, and use that armband and do the reverse goose step, they think that's a good idea. Fuck those jackals, both of them. You're fucking retarded. Think for yourself. Thank, Thank you. for your fucking self, man. Thank you. And that's you our political speech for the year. <laughs> Well, Brian Davis says he loves it when I do my Metal Mike meltdowns. Oh. They're fun for you. I, I get fucking tired of it. Wah, wah, fucking, you know what? Here's one. Here's here's my advice for you pussies out there. Number one, dial B-O-O-H-O-O. Extension, or no, wait, dial 1-800-WAH. That's it, that's it. Di- I used to do this all the time at work when people, I'd just say, dial 1-800-WAH. Extension B O O H O O. Get a dispatch and send out a wampy wince. Yeah. And if that doesn't work, you can always walk on to www.winebag.com, you fucking spineless pussy. Fuck you. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Mushy, <laughs> how the fuck are you, man? <laughs> not, not bad. Not bad, all things considered. Um, I'm in a new location. I'm not at Party Rock Central Studios, but then again, Party Rock Central Studios is wherever the fuck I am. So. Exactly. That's exactly it. There you go, man. Well, we're doing okay. You know, uh, I'm still doing the work thing. Nevaeh's doing the school thing, because if she didn't, I'd have to kick her ass. <laughs> you know, but um, we're looking at making a big move. You know, a big move. We're, we're really, I'm headhunting Nashville, Tennessee hard, real hard. Dude, I think that would be awesome if you moved there. 
Well, you know, the job market is insane. I, I keep looking at jobs there and, you know, schmuck jobs, you know, for the guys. Who are like, oh, yeah, two plus two is jello. You know, even those guys can get jobs that are starting at $26 an hour. You know, and that means unintelligent people. Please don't think I'm making fun of the handicap because that's going to be a whole slew of hate mail. Yeah. No, we're not <laughs> talking about Timmy. <laughs> I've already gotten in trouble so many times down in the South for the way I say things. Like, now oh. I'm going to have to, like, I should just wear a disclaimer on my fucking chest. Well, Ask me before you get pissed off. <laughs> well, well here, here's the thing, bro. You know, because I kind of know. You know, I've had people try to, you know, the, the politically correct pr- police correct me or, or, or call me out when I say things like, well, man, that's fucking retarded. Well, that's insensitive to people who are mentally handicapped. And I, I, number one, they don't know me. They don't know the situation I've been. But I'm like, well, what do you know about it? Do you have a loved one who's mentally retarded? Because I do. My twin brother, Mark, is mentally disabled. So don't fucking talk to me about it. Okay, because here's the thing. It's one thing to say it. It's not what you say. It's how you say it. Exactly. If I say, man, that movie's fucking retarded. It's not me insulting people who have mental disabilities. No, that's not what it is at all. Now, if somebody comes up to me and says, hey, your brother's fucking retarded. They're going to be picking their fucking teeth up with broken fingers. I got into so many fights in school over Marky because there would be guys that would, you know, the people call him retard and fucking, you know, Dumb fucking, you know, try to fuck with him, man. And and right. I was always like, no, my brother Mark's got enough strikes against him. You assholes ain't going to make it any harder. for." So if I even heard the word bruh come out of their mouth in association with my brother, they got a punch in the fucking mouth. I punched him first and asked questions later. Oh, I wasn't going to put enough. up with him, man. I wasn't. But that's different. You know what I mean? Because that's insulting somebody who already has something, you know, they got the stat decked fucking against him. You see what I'm saying? That's different. Oh, I, I absolutely do because, right. you know, we grew up That's... in the era where you could say something was gay. You weren't right. talking about gay people. No! You know, but now all of a sudden you can't say, oh, fuck, that's gay. Well, even watch... even though I do. I don't care. I don't, I don't care. I'm, I'm going to yeah. say it. <laughs> I'm going to say what I fucking want. But you you know, know, so... Yeah, there's this, there's this little piece of paper. You know, and we, we fought hard to be able to have this little piece of paper. <laughs> you know, they right. guarantees me the right to say whatever the fuck I want to say. Exactly. Now, if that means some 350-pound dude takes offense and wants to fight about it, well, odds are I'm, I'm going to be hurting because that, that's yeah. that's a lot bigger than I am. But, okay, sometimes there's consequences for what you say. I get that, yeah. too. But understand well, the context. Well, if that's I'm, the thing. If I'm yeah, looking at a gay person and saying that, right? well, then maybe I'm being offensive. Any other time, it's really not. Well, to me, it's like what George Carlin always said. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. Yeah, and it's interesting how all these musicians and comedians are coming out against uh, against this woke movement that's going on. They're saying it's, it's cancel killing. culture? Yeah, this it's... cancel culture, this woke movement. It's, they're like, it is killing comedy. It is killing music. It is killing entertainment. Like, oh, you're, it's, so it's starting to affect you. So now we're going to say something. Right. But, hey, better late than never. Yeah. This is shit that should have been said a long time ago. Well, it's interesting. I was watching um, comedians in cars getting coffee because I, I'm a Jerry Seinfeld nut swinger. And I, okay. I cannot remember which comedian he had with him. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. It was Louis Black because I love that fucking guy. Oh, 
That guy's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude, he's a nut. But he yeah. was, he was, they were talking about this, uh, this censorship that's happening. And this, and this is a few years ago. I mean, it's, it's, it's gotten worse in the last few years. This is a few oh, yeah. years ago, this episode. And uh, Jerry said, isn't it interesting that, like, in the 70s and 80s, it was the conservatives that were all about the censorship, but now it's the liberals that are all about the censor- yep. censorship. Yeah, the pendulum is swung, man. And know? that's exactly what Lewis Black said. He said, the pendulum swings back and forth. That's how it works. He says, it's going to come back. And he says, this is all going to go away. And Jerry's like, you, th- you think it's, you think... You know, political correctness is going to go away. He says, oh, yeah, because we're just going to wear them the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's like you just got to you guys got to be true to yourself. That's what I say, man. And just do the best you can. Oh, yeah, if everybody lived person. like that, if everybody lived that way, the world would be a much better fucking place. Oh, Jeez. I could not agree more. Hey, I got some news for you. Yeah, what's up? So uh, I, I got on, you know, uh, what is that? Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever. Right. Just to check some things out. And, and we got a couple new iTunes reviews. Oh, okay, cool. And uh, since you've come on. Yeah, right on. All right. And uh, this was a five-star from August uh, August 29, 2020. From, uh, it's called Informative and Funny. Um, and this is from our good buddy over the Freeform Rock podcast, Mark Taylor. Mark Alden. Oh, right on, man. Yeah, I just did a recent episode with him. It was, him, of course, him and Lee and me and James West, who you've had on this show before, before I even joined. Yeah, James and, West, uh, he's actually pretty good, isn't he? Yeah, he is. We reviewed um, um, the Down album and had a blast doing it. It was the first time me and James had ever actually got to interact. Apparently, he admires a lot of things I do. He even told me that he loves the chemistry between you and me. So Nice. Uh, I appreciate that, James. If you're listening, man, thank you. You fucking rule. And, uh, yeah, I love me. Love me some James West, man. And I had a lot of fun doing that episode. Yeah, he's a, he's a cool guy. I, I've talked to him several times on the phone. I've got his number. I don't talk to him nearly as much as I should. But uh, he keeps telling me to come out and visit. And I just don't know where the hell he is. I think he's like four hours away. He's in North Carolina. Though. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Well, I knew that because he had mentioned he was from the same state as... Uh, corrosion and conformity i'm like ah nice okay right but okay this review a killer show that has chemistry uh check it out they discuss everything from music to anything they can think of and now with metal mike even better so look at that some props for metal mike all right thank you mark thank you very much you rule dude Uh, now this next one it it cracked me up because i didn't know if i needed to be pissed off if i needed to be offended or impressed with the language um, this is called Participation Trophies. This is a one-star review. And this is from Nick Iltz. Uh, N-I-C-K-E-I-L-T-S. All one word. March 28th, 2021. Which is funny because we hadn't been recording any shows at that point. Um, so I don't know if this is since you've been here or if they like, got into one of the first... God, if it was Bushy Sit in the Mountain Man, I could understand why the fuck this <laughs> says what it says. And this one says, like children who were praised for every sad effort they've ever made, these guys thought simply showing and being their usual charming selves would be worthy of an audience. Once again, because this podcast has certainly not their only misstep in life, and I think he means has certainly not been, they were wrong. And here's where I get impressed. Asinine, pathetically subjective, 
pedestrian, and utterly devoid of anything one might call insightful, this podcast should have been nixed at birth. <laughs> really? Well, that's interesting. That, I got to admit, pretty grammatically, for you know. Yeah, All right, he, I'll, give, I'll give him that. Uh, you know word, what? But, but... But, but here's the thing. Number one, he's assume, if he's talking about me, you don't know me. You don't really know anything about me. Um, let's see. Um, one, you're probably a poster board for birth control, I would imagine. The best part of you probably ran down your daddy's leg while you were being conceived. Um, as far as participation trophies, I don't need no participation trophy because I don't believe in that pussy-ass shit. You know, Um and I definitely don't need any kind of trophy or validation from you, fuckstick. I'm, uh, just, I'm curious about the pathetically subjective. Yeah, and that one, yeah. Pathetic, <laughs> well, what do you want me to be, objective? This ain't the fucking news, you <clears throat> douchebag. You know, like. Yeah, we're not uh, here presenting facts. We're here <laughs> giving yeah, we're opinions. We're presenting our facts. It's our opinions <laughs> on shit that we like or don't like. Like, pathetically subjective, you know? Okay, well, you know what? That's what I think of your review. I think your review is pathetically subjective. I don't know you, and for all I know, you were attacking Bushy's passcodes. I don't know. But, you know, not that I care. I'm not going to lose any sleep because Nick didn't... Nick the Dick, or whatever the fuck your name is, that's even your name, likes me or not, you know? I don't oh. give a... You know, if you don't like the podcast, dude, I, my only suggestion to you is just fill out a fucking butthurt report since you seem to be all about participation trophies. Maybe you need to go fucking um, clean your participation trophy um, uh, display and clean it up. Your little, oh. you know. Well, what's what? funny to me is let me let me read the pathetically um, subjective. I love that man. I'm like, well, what the fuck else is it gonna be? Well, here he he offers some uh, 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 some things we could do to make the show better. Oh, oh wait, no, he didn't. He just put in all that shit because he didn't like it, and that's fine. We're definitely not going to be for everybody. Right. I mean, if you're wanting like, you know. A podcast where we kiss people's asses or even the artist's ass or, you know, like, I'm sorry, man. I'm, I just tell shit from the heart. If I like something, I like it. And if I don't, I'm going to tell you I don't fucking like it. And uh, if you can't handle that, then, again, man, somebody should have slapped your fucking parents for raising somebody so stupid, is Dr. Fuck always says. So, <laughs> again man you know like i said you, you know i don't really care like the guy don't like my podcast that's fine um but as far as like well it's not his only misstep well how do you know dude you haven't lived my life i i may have had a million missteps right yeah. who knows i mean yeah, just I, a lot I'm, of I'm, you know what fuck him i'm dedicating this episode to nick the dick yeah and, <laughs> and right. it's gonna be i promise you nick the dick it is going to be pathetically subjective oh totally subjective <laughs> and, and we're uh, done with that fucking guy <laughs> another the other thing i want to say about it is he, i mean if he hates us he's probably not even going to listen to this yeah he won't even hear it i'm dedicating the show to him what a fucking loser yeah you know but hey i mean like i said because anybody who, anybody who you know if you if you think you're so fucking awesome at what you do then hey why don't you start a podcast show us how it's done Try to be objective, because that's what people really want. They want an objective podcast. Get the fuck out of here. People listen to radio and fucking podcasts for fucking people's opinions. Yeah, it's, it's all entertainment value. Fucking, I mean, 
We don't listen to Decibel Geek because we're looking for facts. We want to know what they think. We don't listen to Rock and Metal Combat because we want facts. Yeah, you want to do that? Then go 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 fucking watch a Metal Evolution for a fucking history lesson. Which, by the way, it's a great series. But my point is, if that's what you want, then you're not gonna fucking find it here. You're gonna you're gonna see Metal Evolution through the eyes of Bushy and Mike. Sure. But that's again subjective. And we may even We're talk about Tiffany and Billy Vanilli. <laughs> We're not fucking Newsweek. We're not fucking C C CNN. Which, let's be honest. Even those guys aren't really objective, but that's a whole other rant and tangent that I'm not even going to go on. I'm not going to touch it. I don't give a fuck about politics. <laughs> fuck politics. Well, then let's get away from it. Let's guy. let's talk about what we're going to talk about. Yeah, let's do this, man. Because I was uh, I was like, you know what? I, I really want to... We haven't talked about any albums yet. You know, we kind of just gloss over music. And we haven't talked about any albums. So I got a hold of Metal Mike and... I, Man, just a couple of days ago, you know, said, hey, because we, well, we were going to try, what, bi-weekly? Next thing you know, we had two shows in two weeks. and Right. We're just going to try to be as consistent as we possibly can, you yeah, know? try to get some content out there. And I haven't seen, and I could be wrong, because as much as I'm glued to Facebook, it doesn't mean I know everything that's going on. But I had seen nobody else, to my knowledge, talk about this. So today we're going to dive into a little bit of uh, Alice Cooper's latest release, Detroit Stories. Well, I mean, my thing was this. I, I think I've seen people mention it on, on Facebook or online. Like, I think our good friend Ralph Vieira um, said some good things about it. I heard some other people, you know, but I, I mean, but I, I've not heard any podcast or anybody really review the album or talk about it. Um, but um yeah, that's what we're going to do. Detroit Stories. It just came out February 26, 2021, produced by Bob Ezrin, which we all know. Anybody who knows your history with Alice Cooper, whether it's Alice Cooper, the solo artist, or Alice Cooper, the band, Bob Ezrin has a lot of history with Alice Cooper. And, oh, yeah. But my question to you, though, Bush, uh, how did you get into Alice Cooper? When did you become a Cooper fan? Oh, good Lord, that that's really hard to pinpoint because I've been I've been hearing Alice all my life. I'm pretty sure my dad had uh, the Alice Cooper Greatest Hits album um, on vinyl way back in the '80s. You know, so is that the one where they're dressed like gangsters and shit? It's got all the old movie stars and stuff on the cover. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah, Greatest I love Hits that album. You know, yeah. and, you great know, compilation, great compilation, fucking brilliant. I mean, it's got everything. If 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 you need a definitive. Okay, this is all the best stuff, radio, let's say that, radio. Best radio stuff the Alice Cooper group has put out. This is the album to get. If you, if yeah. you don't like this, you're not going to be a fan. Right. You know, but I also remember in the 80s with the Friday the 13th movies, he's back, the man behind the mask. Right. You know, so I, I really liked Metal Alice. You know, and I kind of worked backwards from there. And then, you know, Trash came out. I was a huge fucking fan of that. So I, I can't pinpoint when I became an Alice fan. But Alice is one of those things. I Like, I could pinpoint the to the day when I became a Kiss fan. But Alice has always been right. there. He's always been... Dude, he, he's like that guy in the alley stalking you, trying to mug you. He's always there. <laughs> 
Right on. That's a good analogy, man. That's a good because it is an interesting point. Uh, my introduction to Alice Cooper was really by my cousin Mitchell, my late cousin. He's no longer with us. He was this big burly Harley rider, Mitch Guthrie, man. And he was a huge Alice Cooper fan. And the reason why he got me into Alice was because at the time, again, got to go in the kiss vortex. But that's just my history. You know, after I heard alive. I instantly kiss was my band. It was my twin brother Marky's band. It was my older brother Dave, aka Scapegoat, to all those that metal station listeners. We just fell in love with Kiss and we were obsessed with that band, you know. And then after Alive, my brother bought Destroyer, and then he bought Rock and Roll Over and he bought Love Gun and Alive too. So and then, you know, my my buddy next door, who I'm still lifelong friends with to this day, he had when they packaged the first three records into one and called it the originals, he had that. So we lived, breathed a shit kiss practically. You know what I mean? Yeah. And my cousin and also my neighbor across the street, Kevin Barnes, they liked kiss, but they were like, guys, there's other fucking bands. And one of the bands that, you know, Kevin introduced me to a bunch of bands, but so did Mitchell. And one of the bands I distinctly remember Mitchell introducing to me to was Alice Cooper, because he was like, without this guy, there is no Kiss, boys. And I think it was um, the two albums, if I remember right, was uh, the Alice Cooper show, which was a live album. Uh-huh. And I love that. It's still one of my favorite Alice albums, man. I mean, and that's when he was a solo artist, but it's just so thick and heavy. Again, Alice is like a lot of these artists that we love. They're, as good as they are on their record, they're like better live because it's just so much thicker and louder sure. and heavier. And and uh, so that was kind of my first. And, of course, Alice who, Cooper's greatest hits. I mean, I, and, and I just loved that cover. And that was how I got into Alice for a long time. That was, you know, my um, wheelhouse with Alice. All right, stocked up on some more beer. Oh, I got you. Yeah, that was weird. I'm sorry, somebody was at the door, and then they're asking for a Lisa, and that she's supposed to be there. I'm like, bro, ain't no Lisa here. And he kind of got an attitude with me. So I'm ready to go, are you Nick the Dick? Like, what the fuck, man? (laughs) And uh, I'm like, bro, there ain't nobody here. It's just me. There's no fucking chick named Lisa here. I'm sorry to say. That's funny stuff. I'm like thinking to myself because daddy's a little lonely could you use some female company right now you know but hey of course i didn't know what the situation was for all i know it could have been a kid you know don't want to sure. don't want to just just jump into the deep end like that you know so to speak. <laughs> that's anyway man dark. So, right right you know well you never know people take shit the wrong way bush you know oh, and, dude you're a preacher to the fuck choir here you look at Look at poor Dave Elephison, for Christ's sake, man. It's like, look, what he did was kind of fucked up, but the chick was legal. She was of age. They're both adults. Yep. Um, the only explaining he's got to do is to his is to Mrs. Elephison, as far as I'm concerned. He's exactly. none of our fucking business. And if they kick him out of Megadeth because of this shit, I love Dave Mustaine, but that'll be fucking bullshit. It, it surely will. It, anyway, it surely will. I don't know if you want to keep all this or do you want me Oh, to... yeah, that was fucking gold. That's not going anywhere, dude. That's oh. not going anywhere. So, yes, listeners, what happened? Because uh, everything kind of cut off there for a second. All you hear is Metal Mike saying I had to get some beer. Is he tells me he's got to go. And this is the beauty of editing. I'm like, okay, dude. So I've been, I've been sitting here for like three minutes with my dick in my hand, you know. And then he right comes on. back and that's what he starts hitting me with. That's staying in the show. Oh, okay, that's fine. I just didn't want the um, me having to leave and fucking, you know, all that crap, you know, and 
you just, ha, da, da, da. you know, I don't want that staying in, but who am I to question you and your editing skills? So I'm still <laughs> learning how to edit. I've been messing around with audacity, you know? Oh yeah. Cause I'm wanting to get it down uh, for two reasons. One, me and my brother have been working on that Bon Scott tribute. I told you about that. We'd like you to be a part of, by the way, you know, oh. kind of like what you did with Van Halen, where you go on and you talk about your, your introduction to Bon Scott era, ACDC and nice. whatnot. We want all See, the DJs to participate. That, that's, that. that's one of those I remember. Yeah, we, yeah, that was, man, that turned out beautifully too. But, um, you know, right now we're working on it and because of that, I'm having to record and edit and trying to figure out how to work. I'll get it down. My brother's going to get on team viewer and show me some more tricks. Uh, I think Thursday we're going to work on it. And he was like, Hey dude, instead of us always having to go to my place or your place, why don't we just do it on team viewer? I'm like, sounds like a plan, big brother. So anyway, I'm digressing. Back oh, you're to, okay. You know, I, I think it's cool that we basically got it to Alice the same way. Yeah, kind of. Like, like I said, if it wasn't for my older cousin, and then what happened, um, was that I got I started following Alice's 80s output, um, not the early 80s, but because uh, I wasn't really paying. You know, like I said, I had the greatest hits. We had the the, the Alice Cooper show. Um, I didn't real, and then I remember my brother. One of the albums he bought was the one. Um, oh, what the fuck! God damn it! Uh, let me see. I'm gonna go through this discography real quick. Oh, he's Wikipedia. Uh, you goddamn right, I am. Uh, <laughs> from the inside. Uh, oh, dude, that I is do... my all-time favorite Alice Cooper album. Yeah, my brother bought that on vinyl, um, and I believe he collaborated with uh, Bernie Taupin, the lyricist for Elton John, on that album. And uh, I definitely remember uh, that album. Just the opening it up, and 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 the doors, and the eyes, and you yes. could, it was. Pretty cool. So I, I remember that I was referenced probably... that album later in this review. Oh, okay, cool. I, I remember um, that album. I remember my big brother buying it um, and was like, oh, so that was like our first new Alice Cooper album. But then we kind of, we didn't, we didn't do flush the, I don't remember any of the, the blackout shit at all. You know, I don't, I, I don't remember any of those albums. I kind of blacked out on Alice, I guess. I had no idea any of that, but I do remember when Constrictor come out. Constrictor I remember Raise that. Your Fist were fucking amazing. Raise Your Fist and Yell is my favorite 80s Alice Cooper album. That, that was and Metal Alice. Alice. Oh, yeah, and I loved it. I loved it, you know. Uh, and to me, I guess, it's just kind of like when, you know, again, it's one of those things. I've always considered uh, Alice Cooper... The band and shock rock, hard rock. Never really considered him metal. No, uh, but a rock to me, and roll band. And he's a rock, rock and roll artist. Hard rock is heavy metal's like sibling, there, especially in the seventies. There's not that big of a difference between hard rock and metal. I mean, to me, I wouldn't say about Cooper, but like Kiss, I kind of consider Kiss to be early U.S. metal. Sure. Period. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. You know, yeah, you can say, yeah, obviously it's not as heavy as today's metal, obviously, but metal's been splintered in about a billion different directions anyway. Sure. Number one. And, and with and all two, the different tone pedals and everything and distortion boxes and stuff. And right. But how my God, heavy is it going to get? But my God, man, like if you listen to a song like Parasite, 1975, dude, that was heavy as fuck, man. Oh, hell yeah. You know, like that was that was fucking metal. I don't care what anybody says. And but I Alice, love... Alice, even if his music wasn't heavy, 
His right. lyrics were fucking bad. Oh, totally, dude, totally. And the thing about Kiss is I was going to get into, and then we'll get back analysis. To me, um, it, you know, it's kind of like what, again, I just mentioned it earlier when we were talking about Nick the Dick, Samuel Dunn's Metal Evolution, excellent documentary. Part two is early U.S. metal. And he straight up flat out says he's at a Kiss Expo. He's wearing the demon boots and shit and having a blast. And he says, you can't talk about early U.S. metal without talking about Kiss. And I agree. I mean, I'm sorry, but yeah, you know, it's like, it, to me, that's a valid, valid thing. And I think over the years, the lines blurred, especially with bands like Van Halen. Van Halen was very, very heavy at the time. A lot of people considered that heavy metal. Some people call it hard rock. I think it's a mixture of both, personally. Van yeah, Halen. And, and, and they're so bluesy. They're, they're almost right. hard to fucking pigeonhole. Right. Just like in my opinion, their spiritual successors, Pantera. Pantera's one of those bands. That, are they thrash? Are they groove? Are they, what are they? You know, they, 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 they incorporate doom metal and death metal and all this. You know, Pantera would just take all that and just kind of shake it up and, and do their thing, you know? Sure. And I kind of feel like that's what Van Halen did too. But back to Alice, um, to me, he's a hard rock, shock rock. But when he did those metal albums, Bush, it wasn't that big a stretch. It wasn't like, it's not like when he did Zipper Catches Skin and, and Dada and the weird shit. Like, to me, when he went metal, it was like, well, this is just an illogical evolution. Yeah, and it I felt, made sense. I felt the same way about Kiss with Creatures of the Night and Lick It Up. I'm like, oh, they're getting heavier. Well, Hard well, Rock and a lot of the 70 bands were getting heavier, too. Yeah, you had the so, new wave of British heavy metal coming out. Right. They, they had to get heavy if they were going to try to stay relevant at all. Exactly, and then you had you had your your upstarts, your fucking L.A. glam metal bands. You know your Quiet Riots, your early Motley Crue, your Rat. You know, so they're doing their thing, and then like you said, the Juice Priest has a resurgence in the '80s. Like they'd been around from the '70s, but let's be honest. I mean, in fact, when they broke big in the '80s, at the time, people considered them to be part of the new wave of British heavy metal, as well as motor, uh, as, mo as well as motorhead, even though motorhead kind of predates that movement by at least a couple of years. Right. They're still kind of thrown in that, that envelope, so to speak, or that category. So yeah, for me, I mean, those metal albums that Alice did, uh, I, I love that stuff. And let's be honest, much like kiss, he kind of would follow the trends. I think maybe in some ways, Alice was a little bit more ahead. The thing with Kiss is Kiss would follow trends, but they'd always be like a year late. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alice Cooper, he, he seemed to be either right on the nose or a little ahead of the game. Yeah, yeah. You know, and what did you think of the last time? Because the last time he released was 2017's uh, Paranormal. Um, and I, I've heard nobody talk about it. And I'm like, dude, this is a return to, to metal, Alice. Why the fuck yeah. is nobody talking about this? This is a I, good I, album. I, I'm not. I've only heard a few cuts of that album. I actually have that album digitally. I, I need to sit down. I, I would love, you know, because one of the things that that I used to do with my old podcast with DJ Mac, as you know, is we would do. We were just getting to do that. We started out doing record reviews, and eventually we we're like, man, let's do retrospectives. And we did like a rap month, and we were right in the middle of Wasp when everything went to shit for poor uh, Mac. Right. And uh, 
But I, I would still love to do a podcast like that where you do retrospectives. Like a, a whole month we discuss one band in their history. Now, there's going to be some bands that have different eras, so you can't obviously do it all in one month. Like if I were to do Metallica, the first one I would do would be the Cliff Burton era. And then I sure. would do another band the next month and then maybe do Metallica six months after that with Jason Newstead and then do the Trujillo era. That's the way I would probably break it down. But I would love to do that with Alice as well, man, because Alice oh, has I, a lot I'm of down any time because Alice has been all over the fucking spectrum. Oh, if you ever want to do retrospectives with me on bands that, you know, and it, it can be bands we like. So I don't have to be like, hey, dude, what do you think of uh uh, yeah, the Deftones. You're going to be like, yeah, no, Metal Mike. I'm not really into that band. That would be a band that I would probably cover in the other podcast that can I'm I, wanting to do. Can I can I explain my Deftones hate? You did explain it to me. You said that he said something really, which I've seen the Deftones live twice, and I'm like, what? He said that? Like, you said he said something like he was baby talking you guys or some fucking Chino was. Like, yeah, what the fuck? Fuck that guy. I'm fucking grown, dude. I went and saw From Zero... The Deftones and Godsmack. And Godsmack was on their second tour. And I've seen Godsmack five times. And I know people talk shit about that band. Fuck you. They're amazing live. But I go to see that because this chick brought me in. Well, my, my daughter's sitting behind me, so I can't tell you why I went. But anyway, I went to go <laughs> see this. And Cheeto, because they were getting ready to do something from that White Pony album. Mm-hmm. And this motherfucker, grown-ass man, says, Do you guys like horsies? I like horsies. Like, man, fuck you, dude. I'm grown. See, see I can't. That <laughs> blows me away. Because, well, the only, when I seen Chino, and maybe it was because he was having a bad day, one of them was at the Ozfest, and he, they were having problems with their sound. Like, you, his vocals weren't coming through. And the vis, the most thing I remember that is him just going, fuck, and taking the mic and just throwing it on the ground. And it busted, and them having to give him a new mic. That's my most memorable thing about seeing the Deftones live. Yeah, uh, see, but, so you yeah, don't even remember had, the music. That's how good they are. No, 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 no. The, the music was fine. You just couldn't hear him. Oh, so I, I gotcha. Yeah, that's why he was so fucking frustrated. That's why he took his mic, because he's like, it wasn't, you know, nobody could fucking hear him. And we're going, well, the, the music sounds cool, but you can't hear him, you know, and, and he knew that, and he was getting frustrated. Well, right around the third or fourth song, he's still trying to sing, and he just fucking, fuck! And he fucking, and I was up close enough to where I could hear him say fuck, even though you couldn't hear him on the mic. Right. Nice. You nice. could read his lips, you know? So I didn't see the help. Do you like horsies? I didn't see that side of Chino. Oh, uh, that, that, that just irritated me because if I wanted to watch Romper Room, God damn it, I'll watch Romper Room. And I'll well, wait for the bitch to see me in the mirror. And I see I mean, Bushy. <laughs> I, I guess part of my thing is I wouldn't care for the whole baby talk thing either. With that being said, though, I still love a lot of their music. So let's get back to this Alice Cooper Detroit stories. Um, now you said you don't own it yet or you bought it and you listen I to it digital? I, I, again, one of the things I've been doing here lately when I get my music, I mean, we get a lot of music sent to us from the station. And I still buy music in physical format, like I told you off mic earlier. Oh, yeah. But... You can't buy everything in physical format, especially if you're the uh, co-owner and a DJ for a uh, online radio station. It's imperative that you get that stuff in P3, MP3 forms. I don't like going to torrent sites because, A, it's illegal as fuck. Right. Uh, just not really cool. And, B, sometimes you get metadata that's just all fucking jacked up, which sometimes the music that gets sent to us, even by record labels, is all jacked up. But I already went off on that tangent, so I'm not going to yeah. do it again. Um, but... A lot of times I buy my music from Bandcamp, 
Um, and, and that's to help the newer bands. And I buy a lot of my music from Amazon because, dude, when you buy it, you download it and all the metadata and everything you need is right there. You don't have to worry about, well, is this labeled correctly? You can just plug it into Sam and play the motherfucker. And, and I thought, well, you know what? I didn't realize I had had it in my head that I'd ordered Detroit stories, but I guess I hadn't. So I was like, oh, well, yeah, I got to listen to this. And I could have easily went on YouTube and, and did it. But again, I'm like, you know what? I need to add to my Alice collection. Because, uh, you know, and I thought maybe, you know, I'll play something off the album, which I did. And I'll tell you what track I did later. But, um, yeah, I, I bought it, listened to it, listened to it twice, made notes and uh, don't want to give anything away yet. But I'll tell you what I think, man. But, yeah, I, I love Alice Cooper. I've seen him live three times. Um, he's one of those older performers that let's be honest, there's certain legacy acts that they're just not at the top of their game anymore i don't want to put them down uh, excuse me I, uh, there's a lot of them i don't want to put them down i still love those guys but it I, is yeah, what i do it too is. and it, you know i don't and i'm not unreasonable i don't expect any of them to sound like they did when they were fucking in their 20s and 30s that's just unreasonable and you can't be like that but at the end of the day there's also artists i've seen where i'm like holy fuck they still got it rob halford's one um, Biff Byford from Saxon's another one. Um, and Alice Cooper is another one. He sounds great. His band is phenomenal. I've seen him three fucking times. One was just an evening with Sal Alice Cooper in a small theater. I love Alice, man. I'm a big, big fan. I'd like uh, to be front row for Alice just so Nita Strauss could fucking sweat on me. Oh my God, she's so hot, dude. Oh, gorgeous. Does not appear on this album. No, no. It's it's mainly mostly um, his mostly the Alice Cooper group. Yeah, the, the Alice Cooper band, all the ones that are surviving. That what's weird though is they don't all play on the same tracks though, so you can't right. really call it an Alice Cooper band reunion. And you couldn't anyway because the other guitar player, Glenn Buxton, is no longer with yeah, us. Yeah, he's passed. Which, which sucks because yeah. I'm telling you, man, I would have loved to have seen the band get back to. I love solo Alice. Don't get me wrong. But I'm more of an Alice Cooper band guy. I like, sure. you know. Uh, That's but... what intrigued me because when I picked up the, I knew it was dropping. I knew it was dropping because, you know, I follow Alice on all the platforms. And I, I walked into the local Walmart and I hate buying music at Walmart. Uh, let me preface everything I'm about to say with that. Because I have to read the label and I'm not saying I have to read what's on the album. I have to read the sticker with the price because they only, if, if there's any foul language of any kind, they edit everything. So I refuse to buy music. Yep. But I saw the CD and, you know, with the red letters, Alice Cooper. And what I saw above that, if you're, if you're looking at the album cover, I don't know what building that is. It's obviously Detroit. What is that, the Pontiac building or something? But above that, like two bat signals going up into the sky is Alice Cooper's eyes. But it's not the black circles with the fucking lines. It's the old original spider makeup. Yeah, I love that look. I, so love I was like, oh shit, we're hearkening back to the old days. So I'll, no questions asked. Didn't even look at the price. I just looked to see if it said edited. It did not. Bought it, brought it home. And the cool thing is, because of course I DJ at the station as well, I, I just ripped the fucker. <laughs> right. You, know? you can do that. I, I've done that too. Um, it just depends, you know. And, and then what's really cool, sometimes if you do buy it in physical format, Bandcamp gives you that option, and so does 
um, uh, Amazon, if you buy the physical, like if I ordered the actual album, you get the download for free. Yeah, the digital download for free, yeah. And you can download it right then and there and listen to it. So I could have done that as well, but I was like, well, I hadn't heard it yet. And, you know, I'm the kind of guy I want to sample my stuff before I buy it because you just don't know, you know. I, I do not, some things, other things I don't. It all depends, man. It's weird with me. I, I, I don't have that collector's mentality anymore that I used to. I'm not a completist. I don't have to have all of an artist. Not in physical format. I'll try to get, I try to get it in digital format, but as I said, part of that's because I'm a DJ. But sure. it, to me, it's like if I'm going to spend my hard-earned money, it's going to be on shit that I absolutely love. I'm I, not I buying do not disagree. Record. I have a lot more on this hard drive. Right. That, that I have between records and CDs. So I, I absolutely know what you're saying. And, and I'm not disparaging anybody out there who does, because I know our good friend, Dr. Fuck, he, apparently he's a guy who's a completist. He'll even buy the records he don't like. Hey, yeah. more power to you, man, if that's your thing. I mean, he, you know, he, it's got a beautiful record collection, so I, I get it, you know, and I used to collect comics, so I certainly understand. But there just got a point where I'm like, you know, if I don't like something, to me, if I buy it, that's supporting the artist and telling them that I like that shit. It's almost like going to a, a fucking restaurant and you have a chef offer you up a plate of shit and you gobble it up and you go, Jesus Christ, you're an incredible cook. Can I have another helping? I ain't doing that, dude. You see what I'm saying? I'm not fucking doing that. It's like, no, nah, if I don't dig it, you know, I'll just go, well, maybe I'll get they'll get me with the next one and just move on, you know, kind of thing. So Absolutely. Well, it's interesting. This is uh, his 21st solo album. Wow. And I guess I don't wow. think that he's had that many albums until I look into my hard drive and I'm like, fuck, he does. He has 20, a lot. Yeah, 28th overall because he had those, uh, what, seven albums with the Alice Cooper group. So Right. So, yeah, and it's... Uh, yeah, well, I guess we can just jump right in. For, this right here, man. Detroit Stories is the 21st solo and 28th overall studio album by American singer-songwriter Alice Cooper. The album was released on February 26, 2021 by Ear Music. The studio album crowned Billboard's top album sales chart, dated March 3rd, 2021, debuting at number one. It was the first chart topper for Cooper and the 29-year history of the top album sales chart. So there you go. And and also, as a side note, I don't know if you like the band. I think you do. Do you like Gojira? I'm not familiar. Oh, okay. They, their new album, which is fucking awesome, they're kind of weird. They're kind of weird. They're like progressive metal. They're, I like them a lot. Their album just went number one on Billboard. And for a band that heavy, that's pretty fucking impressive, you know, because... Let's just be honest, man. It doesn't happen a lot to the hard rock and metal artists. You know, most time they might be on the Billboard charts, but number one, not very many bands. Pantera did it with Far Beyond Driven of all albums, one of the most abrasive records ever at the time. Sure. You know, but, um, but yeah, just just thought I'd throw that in there, man, because I, I think that's really cool. It's like awesome, you know. Hell yeah. Metal so, getting a little recognition anyway. Yeah. Do you want to get into this, bro? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into it. Um. I'll let you go ahead and talk about the first track, then rock and roll. Now, interesting. Uh, now, go ahead. Go ahead. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Uh, obviously, a, 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 a cover tune. There's four cover tunes on this album, if I remember right, and uh, Velvet Underground. Now, Velvet Underground's a band. Lou Reed's an artist that's kind of hit and miss with me. Some of his stuff I really dig. Some of it I'm like, ah. Um, 
I dig this, though. I, I have to say, I know this might fucking piss off the Velvet Underground fans, but I think I might like this one better than the original. It's just very bluesy and groovy. Um, I, as far as I'm concerned, we have a winner here, and it kind of sets the mood for the rest of the album. Uh, right off the bat, sonically very reminiscent of the Alice Cooper band era of Alice's career. So, uh, yeah, I dug it. Uh, what, what's your thoughts, Bush? Yeah, it's funny because my notes say almost the same thing. You know, um, you know I, flat out, I dig it. Very 70s Alice Cooper group. And I didn't even know that it was a cover. I'm not familiar with Velvet Underground. I'm not a Lou Reed fan. I don't pretend to be a Lou Reed fan. Right. And I'm going to tell you right now, the covers on this album, I had never heard those songs before. Okay, some of them I hadn't, but I went ahead and compared just out of curiosity. Um, I had heard um, rock and roll before. Like I said, I'm not a I'm not, I don't even know if you maybe a casual fan. Like I said, there's a few songs I like, but I'm not one of those. Like some people just absolutely adore Ru, Lou Reed. I thought the guy was kind of fucking bizarre and weird. But like yeah, I said, people had, like Frank Zappa too, and that's tripe. See, I love Frank Zappa. But my, I grew up on it. My dad listened to Frank Zappa when he'd get high, so he kind of just fucking sunk in, you know? Sure. No, it makes sense. You know, but yeah, it, you know, as soon... The only, my only complaint, I don't know if it's my CD, I, I don't know because I haven't listened to it elsewhere. It's just like, when the song starts, it's almost like it's quiet and they just turn the volume up. Yeah. So it's a very weird start to me. But man, it's such a 70s classic groove. And like I said, very, you know, like you said, very reminiscent. And I call it the Alice Cooper group. It wasn't the Alice Cooper band because when the fucking thing started, it was the Alice Cooper group. And it was Vincent Fernier fronting the Alice Cooper group. Oh, uh, well, that's true. He didn't it's start just, calling himself Alice right away. Until huh? everyone else started calling him Alice. Right. <laughs> but yeah, right. It, it definitely sets the tone. And. God damn it. When you see the spider eyes on the cover of the album and you listen to this track, you're like, oh, yeah, this ain't your 80s, 90s, and today, Alice. We're going back, baby. Yeah, and and the other thing I want to point out is didn't they call themselves the Spiders before they became the Alice Cooper group? He played in a band, the Spiders, yes. I don't know if that was those same guys. God, I would yeah. have to really dig back. but Yeah, I'd have to look, but I, I'm pretty sure. But still, even then, and the, just the way his eyes was. And he said he got the idea from that movie, uh, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, that smeared mascara he thought looked so fucking creepy yeah. that he was like, I'm going to do that and just do it more so. And by God, it fucking worked, man. I mean, let's be honest. It in, inspired four youths in New York to see them and said, hey, why don't we do a band with four Alice's? For real. And, of course, we all know who that became, Kiss. So, yeah, Alice, yeah, I, I give all the... I mean, every shock rocker owes everything to Alice Cooper, as far as I'm concerned. That or Screaming Jay Hawkins, but definitely. Yeah, yes, yeah, him too, him too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, so moving on, uh, track number two, bro. You want to take this one first? Sure. Go, man, go. Um, this one is interesting in that uh, I like the intro, mm-hmm. but I don't care for the verses. I don't like the way they're sung, but I totally dig the chorus. It's short. It, it comes in under three minutes. Mm-hmm. But for me, that's a good thing, because I can't... I, 
I'm like, fuck, how do you start out with rock and roll? And I'm like digging it. And this one, I'm kind of like, oh, shit, is this going to be one of these kind of albums? Uh, I don't hate it. But it's, mm-hmm. I like the choruses. Oh, okay. This is what I got written by Alice, Bob Ezrin, Tommy Hendrickson of Warlock and Hollywood Vampires, and Wayne Kramer of the MC5. Now, the MC5, in my opinion, are a very important band when it comes to the evolution of hard rock and metal. They were a garage band from uh, Detroit. Um, Very almost proto, not just proto-metal, but proto-punk. I mean, literally, kick out the jams, motherfucker. I mean, people didn't talk like that in the late 60s. On a recorded, on a recording, yeah, yeah, it was like wow, you know, um, <laughs> and loud and like let's just put it this way, man. In that metal evolution that I mentioned with Sam Dunn, they're interviewing Ted Nugent. He goes, man, I thought the Amboy Dukes were some badass motherfuckers, man. I thought we were fucking badass, fucking hard rocking, fucking bad some bitches. And he goes, and then I saw the MC Five. Yeah. It was stupefying. So there you go. I mean, you got the Motor City Madman himself going. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if it hadn't just been for all the drugs and stuff, I think the MC5 would have been a lot bigger than they were. And I definitely think they deserve some credit um, for the evolution of metal. Even though I don't consider them heavy metal, they're garage rock. But again, without garage rock, without, um, you know, even hard rock, without people like Hendrix and, and all that, you wouldn't have heavy metal. You would not have had Black Sabbath. You would not have had Led Zeppelin. You wouldn't have had a lot of that stuff, in my opinion. So, um yeah, I, I um, dig it. I, I think it's kind of got a really cool groove and tune um, that has a lot of hooks to it. And again, I, I'm going to sound like I'm um, repeating myself, but it's just old school Alice. And I really like a lot of the guitar licks by Wayne Kramer. Uh, he, he played on this song and it kind of shows. Yeah, I dig it, man. It's not my favorite cool. song on the record, but I liked it, you know. Nah, that's that's great. That's great. You know, and then uh, we come into another cover song, and I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I've never heard of this band, Outrageous Cherry. Neither have I. And Don't apparently, you. this this song dropped in '05. Our love will change the world. What do you think? Um, Outrageous Cherry, um, just total power pop. I also listened to the original just to compare. Um, just mostly Detroit bands. I've noticed is who they're covering, man, and. Um, I think this is actually better than the original. It gets a little repetitive and redundant towards the end, where I'm like, "All right, man, can the fucking song end now already?" Uh, but I, I, again, it'd probably be my least favorite track on the album, but I dug it. What'd you think? Well, I'm having a hard time uh, deciding what hippie fucking band this sounds like. Uh, th- this version, because I didn't go listen to the power pop version. Uh, but I do dig it. It's happy. It's positive. It's uplifting. It, it, if nothing else, man, it has a really cool guitar solo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I said, like I said, great guitar licks by Wayne Kramer. And I got a parenthesis counting song number, track number two and number three. Like Wayne kills it on guitar. Of course, he's not only the only guitar player on the album. Like I said, there's Michael Bruce does a few tracks. Um, Tommy Hendrickson does a few tracks. I mean, they all kind of contribute. But uh, yeah, as I said, I liked it, but it would probably be my least favorite song on the album. But that's not me going, oh man, this fucking sucks. I didn't think it sucks. Like, yeah, I don't. I don't know that anything absolutely sucks on this album. There you go. There you go. Um, anyway, we got number four, track four, "Social Debris," written by Alice, Bob Ezrin, and Neil Smith who, of course, was the drummer for the original Alice Cooper group. Um, 
What are your thoughts on this, Bush? Oh, man. Let me tell you what. This fucking song. This has all the elements that I love about classic Alice Cooper. I hear elements reminiscent of uh, Billion Dollar Babies and fucking Schools Out. Raise Your Fist, you know, with those breakdowns that are going on in the song. It's just in your face fucking lyrically. Dude, I, I am a fan of this fucking track. I really thought this was a cool, cool song. It's still maintaining, while, while I still hear that 80s vibe, it's maintaining that 70s feel. Everything about this, this album is a 70s feel. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. And Bushy, I don't think I could have said it any better. Um, I'm in my notes, I even said this Bucky track sounds like it could have come from any old school Alice Cooper band yes. album, even some of his solo stuff. I love it. The sweet guitar notes and lead from Michael Bruce um, is just fucking amazing. It's a great song. Uh, definitely one of my favorite tracks. I really liked it a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, so there we go, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great track. And uh, I would love to see how this plays out on vinyl because it's got 15 songs on it. Oh, yeah. But it's got to be track a double five, record, man. Say that again? It's got to be a double uh, album on vinyl. It, it's going to have to be 15 songs. Holy yeah. Fuck. But this next one, uh, number five, $1,000 High Heel Shoes. What's your thoughts on that one? All right. This one written by Alice, Bob, and Wayne Kramer. Uh, I got another winner. This track has swagger like a... Like, I could just walk down the street and see a hot mama walking down the street wearing a $1,000 high heel shoes. I mean, even the, the, the tune, it just, when I listen to it, I visualize this hot chick, you know, looking fucking incredible. Just a very bluesy track. And anybody who knows me knows I, I absolutely do totally respect and love the blues. Fuck yeah. Metalhead, you have to. Um um, the, I, I even like the va backing vocals and horn section, which usually I'm not really big on, but it works on yes! this song. Uh, it doesn't distract me from it. It's good stuff, man. Really cool track. Loved it. Loved the lyrics. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a cool song, man. And apparently so did you, Bush. So. Oh, it, it's funny how together we are on this. It's like, oh, hey, oh we, we, we like everything. Hey, sometimes you're going to have a love fest, though. When, tell you, you what, when somebody man. puts out a good record, because to me, this is something I've been wanting Alice to do. I've been longing for, man, I want to hear him go back to his roots. I get like that with a lot of artists, man. I get where I'm like, man, I want to see these artists that I love go back to their roots. Yeah, and a lot of them saying, fail. I mean, St. Anger. They do. They do. Um, <laughs> well, um, yeah, a lot of them do. Not always, but a lot of them do. I mean, we could go down the list. Yeah. There's a few. I think Van Halen's Different Kind of Truth succeeded. That definitely sounded like, to me, vintage Van Halen. Even though Michael Anthony wasn't there, it was still a good record. Uh, I, I do not disagree. Right. So I do think it can be done. But then there's been other ones where, like, and I love Sabbath. You know that. They're my all-time favorite band, especially Ozzy era. But I was disappointed with 13. I'm like... One, I felt like even the, the recording style, like it sounded like they were trying to, which, okay, this sounds like 70s Cooper, but the production sounds modern, and I think that's why I like it. My biggest problem with 13 is it sounds like it was produced circa 1972, 73, 74. Like, the, it's almost like, and even the song structures, it's like, okay, here's our Black Sabbath song. 
Here's our fucking paranoid song. Here's our planet caravan song. It just felt kind of forced to me right. a little bit. And and I have all the world of respect for Rick Rubin and what he did in the 80s. And man was an amazing pursuit, uh, producer, what he did for Johnny Cash. But man, from what I understand nowadays, he just lays there on his fucking couch while the band does all the work. And I'm like, that's not producing, bro. For real. That's being like a fucking coach. Like, yay. Yeah, yeah, that's I one of those that. I'm going to have to go back and revisit. Because when I first heard 13, it was kind of in the background. Because I have it. I mean, it's not. And, and I liked that one song, God's Not Dead or God's Dead or whatever. Yeah, it's That's not, how long it's been. I don't fucking bro, remember. Bro, it's not horrible. But for one, the drums, they get they got dude from Rage Against the Machine drumming. That was a mistake. All right, it's bad enough you don't have fucking Bill Ward, Bill Ward there, but you can't yeah. have at least Tommy Kluftovsis, Ozzy's drummer, drumming. Like, you've got to get Brad. And nothing against Rage Against the Machine. I like their first three records, but I'm just like, what the fuck, man? So that was disappointing. I mean, the minute I found out that, that Bill was backing out, I'm like, God damn it, man. Let's just put it this way. I think uh, the Dio version of Sabbath, Heaven and Hell, the album they did, Devil, Devil You Know, is a better record. For one, the production. Iomi produced that album, and it sounds amazing. Because you know why? It sounded like fucking Heaven and Hell. But now, what they were right. doing, they recorded the album. Now, and that's what I wanted to hear Sabbath. I wanted to hear Thick, Heavy. I wanted the Sabbath sound, but I wanted to hear that modern production. And I think that's what... Bob and Alice did with this record. Like it's even though it does have that old school sound, this doesn't sound like oh well, this could have been on. I mean, it does. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm probably talking out of two sides of my mouth. It does sound like old school Alice, but it's not where I go. Oh well, that fucking like I don't listen to this and go well. This could have been the billion dollar baby song. Right. This right. could have been the fucking dead baby song, or this could have been fucking you know um, desperado song. No, no. It you know it sounds like the Alice Cooper band, but the songs don't sound like rip-offs of their former songs or their older songs. You see what I'm saying? And I think I that absolutely was do. problem I with 13. But what I are mean, we talking about? Um, oh, what song? Yeah. We we, we just did 100,000 high heel shoes. We're going yeah, into I track didn't. six. Yeah, I did that too. I told no, you. No, I did not. I haven't talked about it at all. Oh, you did not. I, my bad. I Metal Mike stealing the fucking mic again. <sighs> Sorry, bro. Just you know what? Just just do an Ian Wadley and go. I'm talking, and I'll shut up. So yeah, my review finally. Fucking Black Sabbath. Jesus. Thousand <laughs> dollar high heel shoes. Uh, it, it's funny because you know before you went into one of your metal mic rants. <laughs> well, that was more of a tangent. It wasn't a meltdown. That was more of a tangent. I didn't say meltdown. I said rant. Same thing. <laughs> I said great bass groove, '70s style wah pedal. And those backup vocals on point. And this is where I got excited because I said I love the horns during the guitar solo. This is possibly my favorite track on the album. Right on, right on. Then we move it on number six, Hail Mary. Um, I think this is my turn. I love this fucking song. This is Cold Ethel from Welcome to My Nightmare. This is fucking Nurse Rosetta from From the Inside. And that 60s type walking bass and guitar line, dude, it's just, it's fun. This one, I'm telling you right now, because this is, this is suggestive. It's naughty. It's not filthy. But look, Cold Ethel, he was banging dead chicks. Nurse Rosetta, he was a priest wanting to bang the nurse. Now he's a guy on the street wanting to bang the nun. Love it, love it, love it. 
um, and I can kind of um, identify with this because, like I told you earlier, when I worked at a Catholic Catholic hospital, there was this nun named Sister Mara. She was Hispanic and she was beautiful, and I was in love with her. But apparently, she decided to give all, her all to Jesus. So what are you going to do? You know? Right. Anyway. Also, though, I would have had to tell her, hey, man, uh, if you're not going to be a nun, that's cool. You know, if you want to be with me, cool. But, yeah, you're going to have to because, you know, nuns aren't really known for their um, – oh, what's this? How, how do I go there? Well, fuck it. I'm going to go there. Their pubic hygiene, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I, 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 don't, I don't do Chewbacca muff. Hey, I mean, before I you come a, back, I, you got a big. Yeah, I, right. I'm, I'm not saying it's got to be completely bald. You could do a military burr if you have to. Whatever you got to do, but you got to trim that shit down. That's all I'm fucking saying. Uh, but hey, man, I'm going to go to hell. Anyway, Hail Mary, written by Alice, Bob, uh, Bob Ezrin, and Tommy Hendrickson. Um, just another really, really catchy tune that it just has all kinds of hooks. And also another track that, again, I can walk down the street with swagger. It sounds like um, Vintage Alice, just totally Vintage Alice Cooper band to me. And, and you know, it's funny because, again, I put this in my notes. I've heard, I hear, I heard that that was the goal, apparently. And a lot of bands claim to make a return to their roots. You know, um, most don't fucking come close. Let's just be honest about it. Right, absolutely. So far, this record totally succeeds. Alice it, vocals are on total fucking point here. Yes. Love it. Love it. Great song. Fuck yeah. Number seven, Detroit City 2021. All right. You want to go or you want me to nah, go? It's on you, brother. All right. Written by Alice, Bob Ezrin, Tommy Hendrickson, Ryan Roxy, and then Chuck Garnick. Not sure who those guys are. Fucking love this song. Once again, has that old school Alice Cooper band vibe. Great riffage. Killer guitar work. Provided by Hendrickson, Wayne Kramer, and Mark Farmer. I absolutely love the lyrics where he kind of gives a shout out to all the awesome Detroit rockers and bands and musicians over the years. I mean, right off the bat, me and Ziggy were it. Me and Iggy were zig. Ah, fuck it. Me and Iggy were gigging with Ziggy and kicking with the MC5. Ted yeah. and Seeger were burning with fever, and Susie Q was sharp as a knife. I mean, bam, right off the bat, man. I fucking loved it. It's just a whole love letter to the Detroit sound and era of garage rock and stuff, you know, because that's really where garage rock came from. It came from fucking Detroit, man. Um, sure. My favorite track so far is what I got. Oh, so, wow. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. I also like the line where he's talking about Eminem, and I don't know if people picked up on that, but he's talking about Shady was in a bib. He's talking about when all this shit was happening, Eminem was still a baby, man, but even right. giving a shout out to fucking Eminem. Yeah, it was a very, very just cool fucking song. I I really liked it a lot, uh, a lot, man. It was really uh, right here, the Detroit, like shake it down, break it down, all around, hollowed ground, lost and found, homeward bound, Detroit sound is coming around. Uh, just fucking cool as fuck, man. I mean, he even fucking lion town roaring down. Well, obviously that's in reference to the Lions, the team, yeah. football team. I mean... It's just a total love letter to Detroit. I mean, and, you know, Detroit does have a lot to be proud of when it comes to their musical history. I mean, my God, you got Motown alone. Then you got all these great rock bands. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I love Ted Nugent. I love Bob uh, I, I'm, I'm a I'm a Nugent nut swinger, man. I love Uncle Ted. I know you're yeah. not supposed to call him Uncle Ted, but I love Uncle Ted. 
I mean, even Iggy Pop was fucking cool, man. You're talking about a guy who was total proto-punk, man. Didn't give a fuck. And him yeah. and Al used to have contests with who would out-sick or out-gross the crowd. Who would outdo? Who would be the most outrageous? Would it be Iggy or Alice, man? And the clubs in Detroit. I love that, man. I love that that common history they have, man. Hell yeah. So I would definitely say it's maybe not my favorite track, but it's definitely one of my favorite tracks, man. Well, I gotta tell you, this one I'm really, really conflicted on. Um, I, I love all those cool shouts, you know, shout outs to all that Detroit history, those Detroit musicians. Mm-hmm. But. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the song. It's definitely not horrible, and it's really hard for me to pinpoint what it is I'm hearing that bothers me. I know that the chorus is actually one of those things that I don't like at all. Yeah. But the the, the guitar solo is really fucking good. I mean, who, whoever's laying down these licks, they're not fucking around. Okay, that would have been track seven. Let's see. I'm going to look it up real quick. Track seven... But I can tell you this, uh, when I was listening back to it today in preparation, that's when I was taking my notes. And I remember hearing this song many times back and forth going to work. It's much better at volume. Right, and right. And where, where I am right now, I had to keep the volume down. I couldn't thump. Right. So maybe that played into my review. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But for purposes of this recording... Oof. I don't hate it. Okay. But I, but I could probably skip it. Um, Tommy Hendrickson, uh, he did uh, the guitars on track seven. So did Wayne Kramer. So it looks like, yeah, you know, um, and uh, an interesting thing about here, I don't know if you know this, Joe Bonamassa did the guitar for tracks one and this upcoming track. Okay, well, that's um, cool. You want to tackle it, bro? Yeah, Drunken in Love. I don't know Bonamassa did that. That that makes a little bit of sense, because uh, I said this guitar lick is sexy. Bass is just badass, yet bluesy. These lyrics absolutely crack me up. Oh, yeah. Because, frankly, been there, done that. Huh. <laughs> Haven't you know, we all? You're, you're falling in love until you sober up, and then you got to get that fuck up out of there. Yes. That guitar solo fucking rips, especially with a dual guitar harmonica thing going on. This is a solid, solid track. Definitely not filler. Good song. Drunken in Love, written by Alice Cooper, Bob Ezra, and Dennis Dunaway. Of course, you know, Dennis of uh, was, I believe, um, he was in the Alice Cooper band as well. Bass player, yeah. He was the bass player in the say, Alice Cooper group. Sure. Yeah. And which would explain that fucking just killer bass line that you're talking about. Okay. Um, just very bluesy and a groovy track has that stank that the old school <laughs> Put blues some stank on it. Yeah, that the old school blues music- musicians used to talk about back in the day when they'd be like, if the if the riff was no good, ain't got no stank, man. This motherfucker has lots of stank. Love this track too. Think it's fucking great, man. Everything you basically said, I'm echoing. I loved it, man. Um, next track, Independence, Independence Dave. Dave. Yeah, take it away. Written by Alice, Bob Ezrin, and Wayne Kramer. Um, I dig this song. I liked it a lot. I thought it was really cool. Uh, again, some of the lyrics like, I got no shame. I ain't to blame. I got no money. 
I got no conscience on my shoulder there to bother me. I'm on a trip without a script into oblivion. I guess that's just the way I like to play to have some fun. I don't need to toke or have a smoke to try to clear my head. Ain't no use. Already loose when I roll out of bed. You know, it's just, you know, and he's talking about this Dave guy, man, because it's like, you know, he goes, I got no future, got no past, got no eternity. Don't need to know. Just got to go. That's my reality. I'm all alone. I got no phone. I don't communicate. I ain't got no pace, ain't in the race, so I'm never late. Don't need to cook or read a book. Don't need to wash or shave, so I'm just free to be just me. I'm an Independence Dave. And then, of course, say, he's Dave. And I, I got the biggest kick out of this song. I know people like this who just don't give a fuck. They epitomize not giving a fuck. I've met people like Independence Dave before. And it's very punkish, too. Um, I love Alice's vocal cadence in it, and I also love how the chorus, uh, I even love the chorus. Just another winner here, folks, as far as I'm concerned. What's your thoughts, Bush? Uh, I, I, I dig the song. You know, it's got this really cool retro sound, but I found that I like every other verse better. The mm -hmm. reason being is that snare drum. On the first verse and the third verse, the snare's very... You know, it's very predominant in the mix. Uh -huh. it's, a, it's a little too much like Wipeout. If I want to hear that song, I'll go listen to that song. But if you take that out of the mix, those other verses where they take all that snare out and the band is just doing their thing, it's a really good song. And it sounds like the band's having a really good time. It, it's not a skip for me. It's definitely not a skip for me. Right on. All right, then we're moving into uh, track number 10. It's got a lot of songs on this Hold song. on, man. This is my ode to Ian. All right, there you go. <laughs> you forgot the oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Track number 10, I Hate You. Oh, let me tell you what. <laughs> Dirty guitars, bass just in your face. I love how the you know the lyrics are just, they're sung by each member of the band, and they're all talking shit about the other member of the band. <laughs> they're just very snotty while being hilarious. It's obviously mm -hmm. very tongue-in-cheek. Definite attitude great song it, it is one of the better tracks on the album um i'm gonna come out and say it i think it's my number one track like i know i said the other track and i like it a lot too but yeah i mean written by alice bob ezrin and dennis dunaway which of course we mentioned before original basis of the alice cooper group just starts off with fucking a killer riff and i and I just love the insults and the barbs that the old members of the Alice Cooper band trade with each other. Uh, yeah. Again, this album's as close as we're ever going to get to an Alice Cooper group reunion album. Uh, because, unfortunately, Glenn Buxton is no longer with us, man. But fantastic track. Um, I really loved it. I loved it a lot, man. I thought it was really, really cool. And, uh, yeah, just love it. I mean, it's kind of like what Gene and Paul and them tried to do with we, You Wanted the Best, but didn't succeed. Right. Where right. this succeeds. Oh, yeah, this, hands down. Wonderful World, number 11. What you think? All right, written by Alice, Ezra, and Hendrickson, and Tommy DeHander. Uh, okay, um, I dig the whole intro. It's just a very dirty riff. With Alice, in my opinion, channeling his inner Jim Morrison during the verse. Um, and then he goes into his normal Alice voice and delivery, you know, when he's into the chorus. Just another really cool track. Um, I dig it, man. I thought it was really, really cool. I like it. What was your uh, take on it, dude? Well, first of all, can we agree 
that these musicians are on fucking point. Oh, I mean, totally, man. Jesus. These are, these are guys that might be older, but they've not lost their swagger. They've not lost their fucking ability. If anything, they've probably gotten better over time. I mean, fucking phenomenal musicianship on this whole album, really. I mean, you got guys um, that are just fucking killing it, killing it, man. Absolutely. And, and, and this, this being as deep as it is, this is very reminiscent of those classic Alice Cooper albums where you would have to dig deep to find gold. Yeah. It's very reminiscent of Alley Cat versus the Jets. You know, right, this right. is it you know, this is this has everything that music heads, not just metal heads, but music heads like that have to have a full album and not just buy singles because you find little gems like this. This fucking is right. just dude. I'm all about the deep solid. Guys. One of my all-time favorite Alice Cooper songs is "Dead Babies." Fuck yeah! Love that record. Love that song. Love that album. "Killer" is probably my favorite of the Alice Cooper group era. Um, I love that song. Why? Because it's a deep cut, man. You know, you don't really. Even though I did hear him play it the last time I seen it, and I went fucking nuts when he did. I was like, "Holy shit!" Another song I'd never heard him play live before was "Roses on White Lace." from raise your fist and yell fuck man oh it was such a good show but anyway again bushy i couldn't have said it better myself just yeah, yeah. i mean Stoke cold classic now here uh here here's where you go to get irritated with me uh track 12 sister Anne. this is an mc5 cover mm-hmm. i know nothing about the mc5 okay i know who they are okay that's the motor city five i don't the mc stands for because i'm not like retarded uh-huh so all I can say is good cover, played well enough to make me think it's mm-hmm. not a cover. <laughs> um, this is what I said, Sister Anne, MC5 cover. I like it, not as much as the original, but I think Alice totally delivers it. I think the band, they get the job done, you know what I mean? I mean. Oh, yeah, I mean, I dug the song, that's what I mean. It was played well enough for me to, I was like, oh, shit, this is a cover. Right, okay, cool. oh, yeah, I didn't even yeah, know. yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, like Wayne Kramer, man, he's a fucking great guitar player. And what's really cool is my buddy, well, he's part of the, the, the that metal station, OCD, you know, uh, does reasonable volume on Tuesday nights. He uh, is really into punk and hardcore and all that. He went to see a version of the MC5 that had like um, Kim Tayhill from Soundgarden and all these established bands because they have that much respect for Wayne Kramer. He's right. the only original member left. The other ones died. He's the only member. So he he toured as the MC5, but he had an all-star lineup. I can't remember everybody that was in the band, but it was some pretty heavy hitters, man. And and uh, OCD said it was awesome that Wayne is an incredible guitar player, man. So uh, well, I got to tell you this. I know nothing about the MC5, but I know a lot of my heroes praise the MC5, and I have that's never what I'm checked saying. them out. Yeah. Well, I've got some of their stuff if you want, man. I'll try to hook you up with some yeah, of you it. Might, you might have to hook me yeah, up. Yeah, they're pretty cool, man. Loud, just in your face, just fucking... I mean, like I said, kick out the jams, motherfucker. It don't Yeah, say, see, it don't that say song anything. I know. Yeah, which I love that song. Fucking song's killer. Like, it don't get any you know more in your face than that, especially at 1969, man, you know? Like, oh, yeah. Uh, just really, really a really cool song, in my opinion. Like I said, I enjoyed Sister Anne. I don't hate that song. You know, like I said, it was played well enough. Alice's vocals on point. The band. No, no yep. steps are lost from these old guys. So every, every time somebody says dad rock, I'm like, fuck you, it's better. Yeah, well, right. <laughs> 
you know, you know me, man. I love music. I don't give a fuck if it's a year old, a, a day old, or a fucking hundred years old. Good tunes are good tunes, man. For real. You know, I mean, you're talking to a guy who is, as much as I love rock and metal, man, I can talk about the blues. I can talk to you about fucking, fucking classical music. I love Beethoven. I love Mozart. I love Wagner. I love that shit. I don't give a fuck. Don't uh, care. Yeah. I love ABBA. Don't give a fuck. Don't care. I like nah. the tunes, man. If it touches you, that's all that matters. Right. So unless unless they didn't unless they didn't get your permission, then it's a crime. Ruh roll. <laughs> <laughs> Number 13, hang, up on, uh, hang it on by a thread. Don't give up. Take it away, Metal Mike. Um, again, written by Alice, Ezrin, and Hendrickson. Um, just got starts off with a really cool chugging intro with an awesome Alice narration. Yes. Basically saying, you know, hey, when things are, the, the things are fucked up for everybody. That, you know, whether you're rich, poor, no matter your gender, your the color of your fucking skin, your creed, whatever the fuck, man. Life's hard, man, for everybody. You know, like everybody just assumes that, like, okay, if you come into money, that that takes care of your problems. No, really, all you do is just trade new problems for old problems, you know. And I really, really dig this song. I think the narration goes into a chorus, um, which is really cool. And then, you know, of course, it ends with a. Uh, Alice talking about, you know, basically giving you the suicide prevention number. Uh, And he's just basically telling us in this song, you're not alone, man. We're all in this together. And whatever you do, man, no matter how bad it gets, don't fucking kill yourself. Because really all suicide is is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Even though sometimes that temporary problem is a horrible, horrible thing. Bad shit happens to good people all the fucking time. The world is fucked, you know, and um, it, one of my favorite quotes was from the movie Kingpin, where Woody Harrelson says, look, Ish, the world can kick your ass, and I only have a vague recollection when it wasn't kicking mine. I think everybody feels that way, at least to a certain extent, you know, or a period in your time. So, yeah, right. I really dig this fucking song. I thought it was really cool. Um, what'd you think, Bush? Yeah, I actually uh, uh, dig it too, and it was actually released uh, during the height of the COVID lockdown, and it was specifically geared towards COVID-19. The lyrics were revamped for this album to be a suicide prevention song. Right. I I like the message. I love the music, and that spoken word at the beginning, and at the end where he gives a suicide prevention hotline number, telling people to reach out for help. Uh, now, the music does sound a little grungy. Mm-hmm. This is the only song that strays away from the 70s sound. I agree. When I was listening to this, I heard I heard Nirvana in there. And you know how I feel about Nirvana. <laughs> but I'm here to tell you, it's okay. I fucking dig this song. Well, maybe part of that was because of the subject matter. You know, it's, it's funny because I know you hated a lot of the grunge thing. I... Here's one thing. Number one, I'm with Bildo, my co-host of the Metal Mike Show. I think grunge was a retarded title, and I'll tell you why. It was like any band that came from Seattle, boom, that's grunge. No matter what they sounded like. And I'm sorry, but there were some differences. Now, some of those bands I dug, some of them I didn't. But there was a lot of them. Like, Alice in Chains didn't sound like fucking Pearl Jam or Nirvana. No, Neither did Soundgarden. Like you know, well, yeah, like, remember, they, we're coming off a very image-oriented style of music because it's glam metal. Right. Love it or hate it, that's what was dominating well, the airwaves. You, you want to know what my fucking take on that, all that is? I don't so give a fuck. So now everybody's wearing, you know, holy jeans and flannel, so uh, they're grungy. To so me, they're grunge. 
Yeah, I guess that was why, because of the clothes they were wearing. Yeah, I think it was very image-oriented. But I, 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 this is how I looked at it with a lot of those dudes. It's like, okay, so they're wearing T-shirts and flannel. To me, it was no different than the thrash metal guys. Most of the thrash metal dudes wore fucking T-shirts, torn blue jeans, fucking, you know, fucking sneakers, a lot of Chuck Taylors. They didn't give a fuck, man. And, and at the end of the day, I know I kind of, you know, make fun of some of the glam metal and hair metal, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Here, here's my take on it, though. At the end of the day, it's the fucking music that matters. They can yes. walk around with a huge strap-on dildo on their forehead. If it rocks and it does something for me, then so be it. I, I, I think that sometimes people put way too much importance on appearance. Like, another thing that pissed me off, like, I love Helmet, man. They're kind of like an alternative metal band, you know, very Sabbathy, heavy riffs. Oh, they got short hair. I don't give a fuck, man. Does it rock? I could right. give a shit less whether they look like they fucking came out of a fucking um, goddamn you know, I, it doesn't matter. I don't care. Like, and it's the same with the glam stuff. Look, man, if the music's heavy and it rocks me, I love Rad. They, they had the teased hair. I mean, maybe not as as exaggerated as it became. I think because, like Ian points out, there came a time where you had copies of copies of copies, and because of that, I think the music and the sound did get diluted. Sure. But at the end of the day. I feel that uh, for me, it's just at the end of the day, it's the it's the music that matters the most, not the image. I've always right. felt that way about right. And as I've gotten older, my stance on grunge music has softened, which is why yeah. I said, you know what, it's okay because I dig this song. Right. There's even some Nirvana I like. Right. Now, I'm not gonna go out there and I'm gonna say, yo, Kurt Cobain was the greatest thing since sliced bread when it came. No, to music. I've always thought that Nirvana was overrated. I speak for my co-host when I say that yeah. too. Foo Fighters but, is way um, better. But one of the things that, uh, yeah, I agree. I do think the Foo Fighters are better than Nirvana. A lot better. Uh, I actually. like the fuck out of the Foo Fighters, and I hate saying it because I thought I hated them. But every time I'd hear a song on the radio, I'm like, yeah, this fucking yeah. rips. That's the Foo Fighters. Fuck. Bill's a big fan of uh, of the Foo Fighters. He loves the Foo Fighters, man. Um, yeah, the Foo's are great. But here's my thing with all of it. It's, it's just, at the end of the day, I don't, it's, it's like even the grunge dudes, like, you know, call it what you will. Like, I loved Alice in Chains. I loved Soundgarden. I think part of that's because I'm a huge Sabbath fan. When people would bitch about, oh, it was dark and depressing, I'm like, well, what the fuck was Black Sabbath? What was Sabbath singing about? They weren't singing happy shit. It was all fucking war pigs and fucking Hand of Doom and well, fucking... the first couple albums. Or for sure. A lot of them, man. I mean, a lot of the Sabbath stuff was very... And even when Dio joined him in you know, the Heaven and Hell version, very mysticism and dragons. And it wasn't... Yeah. Oh, let's, yeah. let's be honest. It was Van Halen and bands like that that took that heaviness that Sabbath and a lot of English bands were doing, and they glamified it. Now, I'm not saying Van Halen's a glam metal band, but I definitely think they gave birth, they gave birth to that Sunset Strip scene. Without Van Halen, you don't have any of that. And it, it, and, and I guess my point with grunge is like some people I've heard complain about, but I'm like, yeah, but maybe that's what drew me to it. Is And I didn't, I got to be honest with you. 
when I bought Alice in Chains, I didn't go, oh, well, this is grunge. I considered them a metal band. I considered Soundgarden a metal band. I remember them playing those bands over the PA when I would go see Pantera and bands like that. There wasn't this, oh, this is this, and you can only listen to this and like this. And then, right, what, right. you know, I felt that was so fucking, because that's the one thing, man, Scott Ian says about some of them fucking alternative and grunge fucks. They were so close-minded. They were so close minded. Like a lot of those fucking thrash metal bands took those bands on the road with them. They got exposure, right. helped them out, but did they repay the favor? No, they didn't. A lot of them didn't, man. You know, and uh Well here was my thing. I like party rock. I know you, know, you do. I know you, you know, do. Do I like Sabbath? Of course I like fucking Sabbath. I grew up with Sabbath. I told you my dad had fucking uh Paranoid and Bored Again were the and, two Sabbath albums he owned in the house. That's all we had. Right. And yeah, I know it's doom and gloom, but it didn't, it didn't sound the same. I guess maybe it was but I was listening with Sabbath, to that. It wasn't, it wasn't "Woe Is Me" as yeah. much as some of the, you know, uh, Seattle the stuff was just like, dude, what the fuck? This guy's talking about child molestation. And by the way, I I love that first Pearl Jam album. Mm-hmm. But when you look back on it, you're like, this guy's talking about child molestation or child abuse. You know, mm-hmm. take your, you know, pick your poison. And then Kurt Cobain, I don't know what the fuck he was talking about, like, ever. Well, that's because he was trying out on heroin, bro. He didn't you know. know. But... He didn't know what he was talking about. Let's be let's I mean, be real. I hated that grunge stuff so bad because I wasn't happy and let's, let's bang a bunch of chicks and do some blow off a hooker's ass. <laughs> you know? Uh, it used to be about fun and party, and well, all of a sudden it got sad. I switched to country because country was more rocking and fun in the 90s. What bothered me about it maybe was... Is, Again, like I said, I love the first gen wave. I even like some of the second wave bands, and you're right, Bushy. I mean, Van Halen. Van Halen is the ultimate party rock metal Fuck band. Yes. I mean, and I love that stuff. Don't get me wrong. It, it doesn't always have to be. I mean, that's what's kind of cool. I think that's one reason why so many Europeans loved Van Halen and, and, and bands like that, because it was so different. It was so fresh. It's so American. I mean, fucking Van Halen wasn't singing about gloom and doom and death. They're talking about fucking fast cars and hot chicks and partying and having a good time, man. Most, yeah. most of Van Halen's lyrical content, not all of them. You got songs like Atomic Punk that tells a story, which to me is more in keeping of a band like Sabbath. Because again, Sabbath would also do stories like Iron Man, you know, and yeah. where it tells a story. I mean, there's nothing wrong. I love Kiss, dude. They were the, I mean, okay, if Black Sabbath epitomized gloom and doom, Kiss epitomized sex, drugs, and rock and roll, for fuck's sake. Sure. I love sure. that stuff, too. I mean, I think that's what always bothered me, is you would have these people, I remember, trying to tell me, well, if you like Alice in Chains or Smashing Pumpkins, you can't like Iron Maiden. Who the fuck says? Who says I can't like any of that shit? Who says I can't even jam out to country if that's what I want to fucking do? Who the fuck are you to right? tell I will rock out to... Whatever the blue fuck eyes I, himself. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Dean Martin, dude, love the Kinnacle. Love me some Dino. See, that's what oh, I'm yeah. saying. Like, you know, I don't. I love me some Sinatra. I just, I, I like music. Right. But I got to tell you, at, at that time, because I was young, man, I was young. Uh, you were still wanting the party, and the party ended, and you were pissed off. So you're fuck like, fuck yeah. it. I'm it's gonna, like, why the fuck is I'm everyone trying to kill themselves beard. now? I, I want to go bang some chicks. Fuck it, man. <laughs> I'm just going to cry in my tear. I'm going to cry in my beer and, and listen to country and just feel sorry for myself. Hey, <laughs> you obviously don't remember Hank Williams Jr.'s song, Come I, On Over to the Country. Well, hey, his Hank Williams, <laughs> Hank Williams Sr., there's a tear in my beer. I love that song. 
I see. I hate senior that whiny fuck. See, I like that stuff though. I like old school country myself. I like, uh, um, um, I mean, I love bluegrass, and I know you do too. So yeah. there's a lot of different kinds of music I like. But yeah, I, I I see exactly where you're coming from to a point, man. Um, but you know, and then there's come, of course some people want to blame, you know, alternative and grunge. No, no, I think honestly, man, that whole scene just kind of imploded. They did it to themselves. It just became so. I think. Well, the the, so, the record industry did it to them yeah. because they overbloated the market. Well, yeah, because that's what they do with everything, Bushy. And it's not mm-hmm. just the record industry; it's the entertainment industry. If one's great, a hundred are better. They do it yes. with everything, whether it's sure. movies, books. When science fiction got popular, man, bam, they flood the fucking market with science fiction books, science fiction movies, and then after a while, people are like, "Oh, fuck this shit, fuck sci-fi." And then they back off a little bit, and then they start fucking not publishing shit unless it's quality stuff. And that's what kind of happened with metal. It's decent Snyder said it best. Once they figured out they could do a cookie-cutter fucking movement in the glam, in the L.A. metal scene, bam, it was over. Right then, really, if you want to get real technical about it. And I mean, I know sure. you love some of that stuff. I love some of that stuff. Like, see, people, sometimes I think because I'm such a thrash metal guy, they think, like, I just hate. I'm like, hey, man. You know, the first two crew albums, Dockin'. I, I mean, I'm totally rocking with Dockin', bro. You know what I mean? Well, like, yeah. Well, that's I mean, like people laugh at me because, you know, like the other day I took a picture, put it up. You know, I got my fucking battle vest on. It's got Thrasher Die, a blood feast on it, but I'm wearing my poison <laughs> talk hey, dirty to me though, fucking bro. t-shirt. You know? But that's you, you know? I mean, fuck hey. yeah, I'm like, fuck you. Dude, the song that still speaks to me more than any other song, the lyrics open. Not a dime, can't pay my rent, can barely make it through the week. Saturday night, I want to make my girl, but right now I can't make ends meet. I'm always working, slaving every day. Got to get a break from the same old, same old. I need a chance just to get away. Dude, fucking poison. That shit speaks to me. I am 46 years old, and it still speaks to me. I'm like, fuck yes, I need nothing but a good time. And that's what we're doing right now. We're having a good fucking time. Yeah, right. And, and that's the thing. Like I've said, you know, I'm not a big Poison fan. I mean, I, I remember I had the first record um, because um, Columbia House, and you know, I and thought, oh, okay, with chicks. So did I. It's okay. Yeah. Um, and I was I, like, man, that chick, like, oh. that chick singer looking girl, she's hot. Oops. What, but you know, but I also <laughs> was like, oh, well, a new metal band. I'll check it out. And I didn't mind the first record that much. Really, it was like okay. I was kind of like, oh, this is like honestly, what it reminded me of is Kiss, but like not as heavy. And I think that's where I was like, yeah. But then over time, like I said, dude, once the thrash metal, once I got into Megadeth and all that, I just didn't pay much attention to poison and that kind of stuff anymore. Um, right. You can call me a trend follower or whatever. I'm, I just didn't, nope. it just Wouldn't didn't do it. do it. It didn't do anything for me, but yeah, I had the first poison record and, and um, like you said, them, Hey, nothing but a good time. Like, Hey man, don't fucking sit around feeling sorry for yourself. Fuck it. Go out. And, I mean, yeah, he's saying, hey, man, I'm working my ass off. My life sucks. But fuck it, man. I'm going to go out and find me a good time. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it. I, I get it. I get it, man. And But I also liked what Ricky Rackman said in that Metal Evolution show where they did the glam metal episode. And he said, you know, I, I realized there was a generation of kids like, you know what? I'm not feeling this song. I'm not feeling nothing but a good time. He's like, I can't be mad about that. I can't hate on them for that, you know, like, right. and and I, I got to admit, man, 
watching that interview, I have a lot more respect for Poison than I do a lot of the bands in that scene. And I'll tell you why, Bush. And then you know what I'm talking about, man. The crew did it. A bunch of them did it. Even Rat. They, oh, let's try to fucking do what the grunge guys and alternative guys are doing. The only band that didn't, that just straight up fucking quit playing music and took a hiatus from that yeah, whole glam fucking, metal scene was yeah. fucking Poison, Fucking man. Poison said, nope, we ain't doing it. Yeah, because he said that would have been disingenuous of me to do a record like that. And I have to respect that. I fucking respect it. So even though I'm not a Poison fan and I fucking, you know, you know, I cut jokes about him all the time, and I fuck with people. At the end of the day, I have more respect for... I, I'm going to say it. I have more respect for fucking Poison than I do Motley Crue. Why? Because Motley Crue, they started... You know, they did what Kiss did, but just did it a lot sooner. They were following trends. They were doing... You know, they... And, and then fucking when fucking... You know, all oh, let's... That one generation fucking whatever the fuck Generation swine, yeah. Fucking horrible horrible man they tried to be something they weren't instead right. of going hey you know what man we need to just get heavy again and do another shout or too fast for love oh no no let's fucking try to be like these guys oh see yeah. fucking this motley yeah. crew just pissed me off but anyway but i, what I'm trying I, to I say, do i get you i do i get you but what i'm trying to say is with poison <laughs> man i do have more respect for them bush i do just for the simple fact that they didn't fucking try to and they, and and you know what they had a vision, and, and, and they did what they wanted to do, it, and they did it their way, man. And they didn't give a fuck if people liked it or not. To me, by definition, in a way, as much as this sounds crazy for me to say this, because I'm not a, you know, it, that's, that it's, attitude it's metal is metal. It's metal as fuck, ain't it? It is metal. It is, it, that <laughs> attitude, to have that attitude, just to me, that is metal. To, to like what you like and do what you do and not give a fuck. And worry about what other people think. I mean, for me, that is totally... I'm like, oh, man, this is like Partridge Family with fuzzy guitars. It's not really doing much for me. It's too poppy. But at the end of the day, man, they stuck to their guns. They did what they did. And they didn't try to be something else when the fucking tides changed. They were like, hey, fuck it. This is who we are. This is what we do. And, uh, and, that, and, and I have to respect that, man. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah. So, you know, there you go, man. Um, so, yeah, that all came about because I said that hanging on a thread sounds grungy, but that's cool. Hey, hey, you know, <laughs> we go off on tangents sometimes, but, you know, and, hey. Oh, hey, oh that, that's what we're all about. We're pathetically subjective, so. Um, we're, we're going to go left, right, up, down, sideways, <laughs> circle ways, and we'll get back. We'll get back. Like, we're getting back now. Shut up and rock. And yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is, your, is it your turn or my turn? I don't even remember, bro. You can go I first. Think I guess I'll, I'll go. Fuck it. All I'm going to say is this opening line. Don't want to hear about your politics. I hear it every day. Yes. That yes. alone wins me over. I could hear no more of this song, and I'm on board with this track. <laughs> oh, totally. But I love, I absolutely totally. love how this song's saying, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Get over yourself, and let's rock out. It's got a great driving riff. Cool 70s style. Dude, this is the most 70s style solo I have heard on this entire yes, album. Yes. Yes. This is a great fucking track. The only thing that kills it is it's just a cunt hair pass two minutes long. Yeah. It is very short, and it is one of the best songs on the album. I think so, too. I mean, basically, I'm going to echo everything you just said. I think it's a great song. I love the lyrics. I love the message. It's like, just shut the fuck up. 
quit whining like a little bitch. Yeah, Nobody none of that cares. stuff's important because we can't change it. Yeah, nobody cares, dude. I don't mean to sound harsh, heartless, but nobody fucking cares. And you're not going to change anything. Right. You know, I, I'm sorry, but the world is fucked. And I know that's a very negative attitude to have, but that's just how I feel about it, bro. It's like, you know, um, I've uh, there was a fucking movie. I don't know. Um, you ever seen across the universe it's like a musical with beatles music no all right well there's a character in it called jude go figure and yeah. um but he's like jude dust yeah well you know like the song hey jude <laughs> yeah hey jude i know i knew what you were doing uh, yeah jude dust yeah but, but what's interesting about the guy he was like i'm not one who's real big on musicals but i thought this was kind of cool and i liked his character because like everybody's so obsessed about stopping the war in vietnam and you're going to do this you're going to do that and his girlfriend he she's just getting all fucking into it man she's and and this guy's just an artist he's just trying to work you know right. and this guy who she's fucking following real radical fuck he brings in a tv showing shit from the war and he's like and he's english right so it's all good mate but i'm trying to get some fucking work done here you know and his girlfriend gets all pissed off like how come you don't stand up for your what you believe in and she's like because her brother's in vietnam he's like i'd fucking stand in front i'd light light right in front of a tank if i thought it would bring my brother back home and he just looks at her deadpan he goes well it wouldn't you know, oh, it's not going to change anything. And and that's the thing. Like, him and her have major problems because he tells his black buddy, you know, something about the cause. He goes, that's the problem, mate. I don't have one. I'm just trying to fucking live. And I was like, exactly, man. Like, the world is fucked. It's always been fucked. And it always will be fucked. And the sooner you motherfuckers out there listen and realize that, the better off you're going to be. So just kick yeah. back and watch the fucking freak show and drink a beer, smoke fuck a joint, yeah. and shut, shut the up fuck and up. Rock. And shut up and rock, yeah. Shut the oh, fuck yeah. up and rock the fuck out. And great. that's all I got to say about it, man. Yeah, great song. East Side Story, take it away. This is a Bob Seger cover. Uh, yeah, this is uh, Bob Seger um, and the Last Heard cover. I, I'm a big Bob Seger fan. Um, I dig it, man. Um, it's all right. It's, it, 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 you know, it, it wasn't... It didn't blow me away, but it was a good cover, the the original. By it's really weird to hear Bob because Bob's voice sounds a lot different in the original because it's one of the first things he ever recorded. And he's right. just a fucking kid, you know. So it's like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. But again, I know it's Alice giving a shout out to Bob Seger, man. Because here's this is something I'm going to say right now to all the listeners, and some of you are probably going to get pissed off about this, but hey, it's my fucking opinion, and I'm being pathetically subjective. Um, <laughs> When it comes to blue, when it comes fuck you, to, Nick the Dick. Right. When it comes to blue collar rock, Bob Seger fucking makes Bruce Springsteen look like dog shit. I'm sorry. Better songwriter, better musician, just fucking flat out better. I think Bruce Springsteen sucks. There, I said it. I know that's going to be blasphemous to a lot of people. They're probably going to want to burn me in effigy after hearing this. I don't give a fuck, man. I'll take. I'll even take John Cougar Mellencamp over Bruce. Bruce Springsteen. I think Bruce Springsteen is so fucking overrated. Talented. I'm not saying the man ain't talented. Obviously, he's got doing something right. He fucking got a billion fucking fans. But I don't fucking get it, man. I, I think Seeger shits all over fucking Bruce Springsteen. And that's the end of my fucking rant, dude. 
the the boss. Can I get an amen? <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. I, so you feel the same way? Yeah, I like a few Springsteen songs. It's like a couple of tunes, man. Yeah. Everybody makes him out like he's like the fucking... He had one good record, okay? And I'm not talking Board of the USA. I'm talking the E Street Shuffle. One good record. Fuck that guy. Some yeah. good songs throughout his career. Yeah, I just... I, I don't get it, man. It's like a couple... He's no Bob like. Seger. He's no... Dude, even Mellencamp. Come on, or Cougar. Yeah. Or Cougar Mellencamp. You know, yeah. You're absolutely right. Can we talk blue-collar rock, man? I'll tell you what was really interesting is I had a girlfriend of mine. She went on Facebook a few years ago, and she said, you got to settle this debate for me right now. Who's better, the Eagles or Bruce Springsteen? And Eagles. I just was like, really, this guy? I, I asked her, I said, so this guy's trying to tell you that Bruce Springsteen's better than the fucking Eagles? I'll take the Eagles every day of the week and twice on fucking Sunday, man. Like, For real. The, he can't even hold the Eagles jockstrap, especially when you talk about success. You're talking about a band who, when it comes to record sales and shit and success, could make the claim of being the American Beatles. That's how huge the Eagles were. That's the only band to beat out Michael Jackson's Thriller. Bro, dude, and, and, and like the Eagles, everybody had all the different members took turns singing in. Uh, yep. They were they were very very successful and wrote a lot of great tunes, man. Yeah, it's not heavy metal or whatever. It's just rock or country rock star now and then kind of evolved more into rock. But I, I love me some Eagles. I don't give a fuck, man. And I'll again, there's so many fucking bands and artists, you know, because I'm not gonna throw my metal dudes up against Springsteen because Springsteen's, you know, he's like I say, he's blue collar rock. But, man, there's so many fucking bands. Fleetwood Mac, take them over, fucking. And I'm talking about the the, 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 the popular Fleetwood Mac. Not the, the um, Peter Green, which I like that version, too. But, you know, get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Like, Springsteen sucks huge demon cock. I'm sorry. Again, though, just my pathetic, subjective opinion. <laughs> you know. Yeah, East Side Story. Uh, for me, this was an odd choice. And maybe it's because I'm not familiar with this song. Uh, I had never heard of Bob Seger in the last heard. Neither have I. Know, but thank I God know I Bob had... Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. Thank, thank God I had his fucking complete discography on uh, in di digitally, you know. Right. Um, so, because I, I was like, man, I don't really remember this song. I listened to it, and I'm like, well, I mean, what a bad tune, you know. But it's weird because I don't really hear the Bob Seger in it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, not what we're accustomed to. Right, you know, but yeah, man, like like I said, again, all you people out there, you, you know, you love your Bruce. That's cool, man. You just keep on loving him. Don't don't pay me any mind, because it's, again, it's just my opinion. But right. you know, and and we like to be pathetically subjective here on the sure. uh, podcast, you know, because <laughs> you know what, fuck objective. Right. I tell you what, this is a uh, it's a decent enough track, and it, it it's kind of weird because it gets. It gets a little psychedelic, like during those guitar solos. It gets, I also it, don't think it gets a little jam it's, bandy, and it's very. Are they using fuzz boxes? I do think they are, dude. And another thing that's weird, I don't think they should have ended the album. Oh my god, my last fucking sentence. It's cool, but shut up and rock would have been a better closer. For real, for real. Like I, it, to me, it was all like. Oh, uh, well, let's just give a shout out to Bob and just fucking put this out real quick. And again, I don't mean to be any, I'm not just respecting Seeger. I'm not just respecting any of the musicians because there's a fucking musicianship on this album. It's fucking amazing. Oh, it's ridiculous. But for me, 
Yeah, I think Shut Up and Rock should have ended the album because I just yeah. It, if all. if you here's a question: If you flip East Side Story to Shut Up and Rock, do we yeah. have? Yeah, is East Side Story a better song? Maybe, yeah, maybe. You come off, you come off of hanging on by a thread into East Side, close, shut up. But and you rock. know, earlier I said there was another track that was my least favorite. I, I gotta be honest with you, man. I think maybe East Side Story is my least favorite track, and it just kind of—it's—it's it's absolutely my least favorite. Yeah, it's so fucking weird. Yeah, it, it's just, but it—I mean. I definitely think they should have. That should have been track fourteen, and "Shut Up and Rock" should have been the final track. I I agree. I mean, you know, it's funny about certain albums. Like I, I'll tell you what, I think "Destroyer" ends up in a fucked up way. They should have ended that album with "Shout It Out Loud." That should have been the last song on a fucking album, in my sure. opinion. You know, I never oh, understood. Yeah. Like I like "Do You Love Me." It's a good song, but I'm like, why the fuck is that ending the record? I never oh, understood that, man. It should have been fucking. I hate that fuck. God, I, I know. I know you hate that song. song. But I'm just saying, dude. And I'm one of the biggest kiss nerds out there. I know you are, but don't you agree that Shout Out Loud should have ended the album? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, it's, they should have swapped or something, man. Do You Love Me should have been in the middle somewhere. Like, ugh. Well, I would have rather they closed with. It should have been on the album at all. <laughs> yeah, cancel that stupid shit. But if you're going to put it on there, don't close with it. I would rather they close with Great Expectations. Much better song. Yeah. Oh, I love that song. I know some people don't. They fucking, uh, I love Great Expectations. Again, maybe part of it's just childhood. I mean, it was the second Kiss record I ever heard. And even right. though it did have the choir and stuff as a kid, you know, it was Kiss. So I was like, oh, I love this song. I love the whole album, though, man. I still do. But what's funny is Destroyer, when I was a kid, it was one of my favorites. But as I've gotten older, I mean, I still give it all its due and respect, but. I'm a rock. When it comes to studio albums, I'm a rock and roll over kind of guy. Rock and roll over, Love Gun, and and the first three. I, you could almost well, the throw Destroyer away for me. For the the first three, I mean, as far as music goes, like the songs, fucking amazing. Like and 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 but that's why I always go alive. I don't give a fuck live album, whatever. It's my fucking favorite Kiss album of all time. Oh, dude, Here. change the game. Alive changed the game. Fucking right. Changed the game, not just for Kiss, but it changed the game for live albums. Everybody started doing live albums after a live. Frampton did one. Ted Nugent did one. Fucking everybody. You know, just about. Just about everybody. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, a live fucking amazing album. But we're not, we're talking about Alice Cooper. And Alice Cooper's... And, Alice and, that, and and that's our review of Detroit Stories. I mean, maybe overall, as a whole, because there's some stuff we like, there's some stuff we don't like. That's obvious. But as a whole, if you lump this in, you could either lump it in with the entire Alice Cooper discography. You could lump it in with those first seven Alice Cooper group albums. I don't care how you do it. What do you think of this album as a whole? I like it. Like, dude, I was like... You know, because don't get me wrong, I love Alice, and I even like some of his later stuff, but I've always been like, well, you just never know with him, man, because some of his shit I really love, and then other ones that kind of messes me a bit, but I was just like, all right, man, you know, Bushy wants to review this, there's got to be a fucking reason, and... I thought, I'm going to check that, you know, which I would have listened, I could have listened to it on YouTube, I'm like, fuck it, man, Alice, my boy, and besides, I want to add to my musical digital musical collection because i'm a goddamn sure. dj motherfucker yes here hold on oh yeah <laughs> anyway, fucking to me it's 
yeah, I think it's a really, really good record. It's hard for me to rank it as far as... I'm not asking you to rank it. But but I will say this. Is it a good fucking record? you goddamn right, as Walter White would say. Yes, I think this is a really cool record. And I thought this guy who did this review right here... Um, because it got a lot of great reviews. Uh, Gareth Williams from Wall of Sound scored the album a perfect 10 out of 10, stating that diehard fans of Alice Cooper will embrace this album for what it is. Back to his roots, mix of blues, jazz, soul, hard rock, humor, and heart. Casual fans may be surprised at the rocker's versatility, but Alice has never been one-dimensional. Bam! And I'm going to tell you this about Detroit Stories. I think this is on par with any Alice Cooper group album. Wow. I mean, dude, it's it's pretty goddamn good, man. It is on par. I really liked it. I liked it. Am I saying it's as good or better? No, I'm saying it is on par. If this shit would have been released in 1973, you would be sucking Alice Cooper's dick because it's amazing. Bro, if this would have come out before he went solo, if, if, if you know, if this come out after Muscle of Love, you wouldn't fucking miss a beat. Would have missed a beat. It would have been a natural progression. Muscle of Love, Detroit Stories, Welcome to My Nightmare. You know, would have worked out just fine. Do you know what happened to the band and what they called themselves after they split from Alice? What's that? Billion Dollar Babies. Nice. Yeah. Nice. It didn't really go anywhere, but I've actually heard some of the stuff. It wasn't bad. It just, it was like nobody, I guess, gave a fuck, you know, but I, right. I didn't even know about them doing their own band without Alice, but uh, they tried. And like I said, I've, I've heard it. Ian's got some of it. It's, it's pretty good, actually. I mean, but it's like, it was missing Alice, though, I guess, you know what I mean? Where Alice sure. was able to be welcome to my nightmare, which in my opinion, as far as solo Alice, that's the what a fucking debut. Yeah, well, that's the creme de la creme, you know, like debut. I mean, like from the inside's my favorite. I'm not gonna lie, but holy fuck, if you're gonna blow your load, I gotta go all in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's that's Ozzy Osbourne, Blizzard. It's it's just that good. Yeah. Yeah. It, it well it 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 made him like you know, it, and I think it was. His way of proving to himself, hey, you know, I don't really need those other guys. I can still do this. And it, it worked. I mean, it's worked out for him. And Alice has had a hell of a career. You know, I mean, he's yeah. a fucking living legend as far as I'm he's, concerned. He sure is. And I'm, I'm happy you got to see him three times. Oh. I've never been able to oh, see him man. ever. Well, you know what? When you move to Nashville, bro, maybe you'll be able to actually see some shows. Oh. You know, like, I, man, I, I. I'm so happy. I, I know it ain't a done deal yet, and it's got you gotta get, get wait till tax time. It's gonna be a while, but bro, that'll be awesome. You move down there, dude. I won't just come down there for rock and pop, bro. I'll hang out with you from time because dude, Tennessee ain't that far from me, bro. It's like literally a four-hour drive, bro. Nice. Tennessee border is literally thirty minutes away, depending on which way I go. All right, hell yeah, brother. You fucking come down. Like I said, I'm. Uh... 30 minutes away from the border, depending on which way I go. I'm only five hours from Nashville myself, so I get out there. You come fucking visit every time. Oh, yeah. Since you said, since you said, I'm not just going to hang with you a Rocket Pod. Here's the latest promo. Ha ha. Nashville Rocket ah, Pod Expo. see what you did there. Like how I did that? Yeah. It's been a long time since we've rock and rolled. 
But that all changes this August as Rockin' Pod returns to Nashville. This annual convention brings together rock artists, fans, and podcasters for an unforgettable rock experience. Special guests this year include Billy Sheehan, Ron Keel, Don Jameson of That Metal Show, and current and former members of Winger, LA Guns, Accept, and more. Stage panels, signing sessions, and photo ops will be available, plus lots of vinyl and memorabilia vendors. Music podcasters from all over North America will be appearing on site for live interviews, speaking sessions, networking, and more. Got a music podcast? Register and join us. Rockin' Pod Weekend kicks off with a pre-party featuring former Tesla guitarist Tommy Skio and his new band Resist and Bite making their debut performance as well as a rare hair set featuring surprise guests performing all-time classics. Rockin' Pod Weekend takes place August 6th through the 8th in Nashville, Tennessee. Tickets, VIP passes, podcast registration, and discounted hotel rooms are available now at rockandpod.com. Rockin' Pod is brought to you by DBG Productions, Bradley Entertainment, and Encaptia. But yeah, seriously, man. Yeah. I'd like to get up that way just to see some shit. I've never been to the St. Louis, so I know you're we pretty don't... close to that. Yeah. Do I... we have anything to promote other than fucking... This great Alice Cooper record and Rockin' Pod? That is an excellent question, my friend. Because I have nothing else to promote. It ain't out yet, but I got the first two tracks off of it because, you know, you know how it is when a new album's coming out, they'll release like a couple of tracks. Sure. But the, the thrash metal band, Flotsam and Jetsam. Shut the fuck up. They got new stuff coming out? Yeah, baby. They've had a couple albums out since the last couple of years, dude, and they're really good. This one, I've only heard two tracks now. Our good friend Dr. Fuck told me that this new album is amazing. He says it's better than the last couple albums, and the last couple albums were really good. Um, but, yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's fucking awesome. Let me... God damn it. Fucking... What are you doing? Okay, motherfucker, you better work. See, you got to be prepared when you go to promote. You're right, I should be, but I kind of... See, Rockin' Pod, I already played the promo. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for making me feel like shit, Arthur. I mean, Jesus Christ, man. Don't be a dick to dick, I mean, you know. I guess I'm being pathetically subjective again. I guess you are. Uh, Pedestrian, Pedestrian, yeah, pedestrian. Like, you know what? I think your review's pedestrian, bitch. Like, what the? But it, fuck? but it was very well written. You know what? I could outright that motherfucker. I made A's in English, bitch. I was you know, going to be an English I'll, teacher. I'll take, I I'll could take, too. Don't think because I speak this way, I'm stupid. Exactly. You know what? I'll take the Pepsi challenge with that motherfucker any day of the week. I failed the Pepsi challenge. True story. No, did you? You said Coke. True story. I don't, you know. 1993, San Antonio, Texas, River Center Mall. I was stationed at Fort Sam Houston going to school at 232nd Med Battalion, Foxtrot Company. They were filming the Pepsi Challenge. Sorry, bitches. I don't like Pepsi. I like Coca-Cola, so I never got on TV. That's fucking hilarious, man. <laughs> I've had a few of my buddies that did. True fucking like, story. Oh, sorry, man. Coke's better. You know? Yeah. 
True story. I failed the Pepsi challenge. I think I won. Kind of makes you wonder. It kind of makes you wonder, like how many motherfuckers. Like they always go, more people pick Pepsi. I'm like, did they? Did they really? Did they really? They wanted to be on TV. Right. And me, I'm like, "Uh, no, that's too fucking sweet. I like my Coca Cola. All right. To this day, I don't drink Pepsi. So anyway, new Flotsam and Jetsam albums coming out in 2020. I think it's in June 28th. The album's called Blood in the Water. And like I said, they got two tracks that they released. You know, I've, So I pre-ordered it on Amazon. I was able to get the first two tracks. Uh, first track's title track and then Burn the Sky. Fucking dude. Ripper album. And I'm telling you right now, 2019, The End of Chaos, that was a killer record. 2016, Flotsam and Jetsam, their self-titled album was a killer record. They've been on a roll here lately, Bush. Kind of like nice. Death Angel and Overkill. And this new record, from what Ralph says, is better than those other two. So make sure you check that shit out. All right, new Flotsam and Jetsam coming, coming out. out. Can you, yeah. what, what, can you find it on YouTube or anything, these you can, tracks? You can, you can, yeah. Um, they All right, released cool. two tracks, and, and as far as another, you know... Now look, uh, let's see here, go ahead. Don't don't judge me. Flotsam and Jetsam, isn't that where Jason Newstead came out exactly. of? Exactly, that's exactly, okay. see, you know your metal history, Bushy, be more confident. Uh, it's thrash, I, I know my hair history great. I don't give a fuck, dude. <laughs> yeah. Metal's metal, you know some thrash, you, you, you win a cigar, buddy, you got it right, yes, Jason was in Flotsam and Jetsam. Okay. Uh, but another really, if you, you like, man, there's this fucking cool band. I played them last night called Acid Mammoth. And they got two albums out. 2017 self-titled album. And then Under Acid Hoof is their newest album. These fucking dudes rule, man. If you like Sabbath and that fucking, just that heavy, thick, dirty fucking just dirty fucking riffs man yeah you know great stuff so that's my other fucking plug of the week so all right so check those guys out yeah and of course like i said rocket pod we'll be there hey show up we'll give you a sticker yeah you know my my co-host of the metal mike show he's thinking about maybe going um, fucking of course, badass. He'll get it. Yeah, he'll get his own. And he even said, "Well, will it be okay if I hang out with you guys?" I'm like, "I don't give a fuck as long as, you know, Chris and them don't have a problem with it. I don't think, you know, I mean, no, I, you can I hang know, out. Yeah, I mean, fucking people are gonna be walking around and looking at records and memorabilia and fucking merchandise anyway. So yeah, and we're know, gonna be sitting around doing nothing but having our dicks in our hands unless we have an interview to do. Right, right. So fucking by all means, hang, dude. I kind of hope yeah. they keep us kind of close to the rock and metal, uh, metal combat guys. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. Well, they did for me last year or the year before. You know, so who knows? Who knows? Awesome. Awesome. I hope they do. And Chris, All right, Metal Nick, Mike. you rule, man. Yes, let's dude. Wrap let's... This, let's, let's wrap this shit up. Yeah. Stay metal, motherfuckers. <laughs> you knew I was going to ask for it, didn't you? I fucking do. That's how I end every fucking Metal Mike show. May as well end I my fucking podcast. Feel you. And I'll tell you what. I, I ain't mind the same every time as well. But I've added something. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I did it last week. Do it again. Life is not subservience. Life is not dominion. Life is fucking compromise. Mm. Motherfuckers, buy vinyl.
We'll see you Bam! next time. Bam! <laughs> hey, this was really fun. We hope you liked it too. Seems like we've just begun when suddenly we're through. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye. Cause now it's time to go. But hey, I say, well that's okay. Cause we'll see you very soon, I know. Very soon, I know. What the fuck? Is this shit? This is how we say goodbye on the plug. See you next week. Don't want to hear about your politics. I hear about it every day. Or all the talk about what makes you tick. So shut up and run!